welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 90. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. I had a food coma about 10 minutes before we started recording. I'm not fully recovered, but I'm alive. I'm here, joined by, you know, familiar faces, returning guests slash roommates, Antakul and Joey from the Sports Sound Off. How's everybody doing? Uh, pretty good, you know, <laughs> that's the anti-cool NP now, by the way, because <laughs> uh, in, oh. in addition to being a reverend, I am now uh, a notary, hey. as of like an hour ago, Congrats. and so what, um, <laughs> what important task will you be trusted with? Charging people $25 so I can drive to their town and sign papers. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. Hold on, though. So are you like, is it only within like a certain jurisdiction, like a certain town or? I'm pretty sure it's just Jersey. Oh, so you can go like the whole state. Yeah. If you're, if you're asking me to go all the way down to Atlantic City or like uh, Cape uh, May or whatever, I'm charging a shit ton of money. So, if you're not in North Bergen and you want to give me a shit ton of money, be my guest. <laughs> that's what's up. That's a, that's, that's, I don't know anybody who's a notary. You might be a first. If you, yeah, you know a lawyer, you probably do. Joey, what's going on, man? How's, all, how's it going? All's well. All's well on this Monday of E3 week and fight week and... Uh, it's never not fight week. It's never not fight week. You're right. Some yeah, of us you... are fighting. Battles on multiple fronts. <laughs> uh, Have y'all been getting a ton of rain lately? Uh, just like yesterday. Uh, no, but every time I get rain, there's a power outage, so I'm hoping I never see rain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's been, um, Mother Nature's been killing us, like, terribly lately. And it's. It's looking all right outside now, but I don't know how this night gonna go. So, I mean, but, it was it's fine right now. We'll see how it is. Uh... We'll see how it is after this episode. After we record for five hours, it might be a sign from God. You know, if it starts raining as it starts, so <laughs> a sign from Yoel Romero. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we got a fun show uh, planned ahead. Um, we're going to try to keep it short, but you know how that goes. We're going to breeze right through. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna just, you know. Smooth and we'll, easy. We'll, we'll get through everything in a timely fashion. Absolutely. Um, as no best we can. No, right. no sidetracking. As we all on notary of publics. All right. We're just, we're just straight shooting. We're straight shooting. Bringing it to um, you. Know how. We'll see you we in three hours. 
Right. <laughs> three hours. Three hours. I mean, we didn't do our jobs. It's got to be at least. It's got to be like time and a half. You gotta, you gotta get at least time and a half here. I mean, I'm already congratulating they, anybody if you make it through to the other side. If you're listening to this right now, you, you really need to get your bang for your buck. I'm just saying. So, I mean, the good thing is, if I, I tell people, if you if you start our podcast, if you listen, maybe at like twelve, you could get through like the rest of your work day. Well, depending on how early you get to work, but you know, so you know, by the time we're done, you can go home. So just think of it like that. Yeah, we're in a we're we're like a good work associate. Yeah. You know, help your day go better. There you go. Um, so before we get started with news and such, uh, just going to give a shout out to the top cities. Uh, so we're coming in at number one, Los Angeles, California. Coming in at number two, Stone Mountain, Georgia. Number three, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, number four, I'm probably going to butcher this, Hyder. Hold up, let me try this again. Hyderabad, India. And at number five, Kawaguchi, Japan, uh, and a couple other people tied, Houston, Texas, Brooklyn, New York, and United Kingdom is slithering around here also, so um, yeah, shout outs to all of the listeners, thank you guys, uh, if you're in Japan and you're, you're listening right now, you know, you should go to iTunes and give us a like and a rate, all that good stuff, and drop a review, we definitely, definitely want to get more reviews going. Um, but those are the top cities. Um, you said Stone Mountain, Georgia, right? Yep. Uh, does anybody know who was who hailed from Stone Mountain, Georgia? Donald, Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have I have no clue. Donald Glover. Donald Glover, get out of here. You mentioned uh, I, I I'll drop a teaser. You mentioned slithering. Ah, uh, is it Jake the Snake? There you go. Jake the Snake Roberts was billed from Stone Mountain, Georgia. There we go. I didn't even though they had snakes in Georgia. Well, they had one, apparently. Huh? <clears throat> South has a lot of weird creatures. Why are all of their insects, like, mutated? If you're out in the sun all day, you, you gotta be built strong. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, don't, they don't have, like, normal bees and, like, flies. Like, everything's just... They're, they're like hyper versions of what the regular insect should be. It's really strange. I, I, imagine, it's, I imagine it's like why they have all the good football players. Be, because like there's just no snow or nothing to kill them off. So, <laughs> okay, so but then why just, do is that why old people go there? I mean, yeah. So they can, they can be naturally by nature? Exactly. Oh, man. I had my first bee incident. Oh, your um, first? Oh. Yeah. Had to pull over because B was really comfortable just kind of chilling on the window inside of the car. So um, luckily when I went to see Infinity Wars, they gave me like this little booklet, like pamphlet thing. And I attacked the B with the pamphlet. Wait a minute, you pulled, you pulled over to confront a B in your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem a tad bit over the top. Yes, he was... <laughs> He was chilling. We just—he was just in the car. I did, didn't like him in there. I didn't kill him. I just swatted him until he left. I just want to point out—you said attacked. I mean, I, I swung at him, so it was. Well, I mean, there, so there was aim- confrontation. You were aiming to kill, but just couldn't. Well, I didn't want to. I just wanted to just shoot him away. He, he, like, he and I would, to I would hit him, him, so he would sting him. Yeah. Here's <laughs> the thing, though. Like, I, I would hit him, and then like he would fall, 
and then he would go back and just fly to the same spot that I hit him from. And I was like, dude, so you, just, you, you can't, I don't want you in here. Telling me? Huh? You couldn't finish a B is what you're telling me? No, I could not. He was, he was very durable. <laughs> he was very durable. <laughs> he, he definitely had he definitely had a chin. He, was he it a big a bee or was it a, was it a wasp? It actually was not a big bee, which kind of made me feel less than. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this he, this wasn't even one of the scary ones. Like this guy wasn't. <laughs> what a heel turn! Yeah, this, this like was it like a wood bee or something? I don't know. I don't know. But you know, we we solved our issues. Like I hit him like three times, and I think he we finally got the idea. But he left the car, and I was able to resume the you, car ride. You beat the shit out of him, then get him out. He you. <laughs> you know, he, he came unannounced, man. You got, I don't like surprises. You can't just chill by the window in my car. Anybody you know. who shows up at your house, be prepared to get, a, <laughs> be prepared to get an ass whooping, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was... We're not going to recover from that. I don't think we're going to... I'm already toasted. <laughs> Before before we get into this card or the news or whatever, I know Joey. I know you saw it. The 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 Rose Namajunas. Is... Dude. Oh oh god. You saw it too. You saw it too, Sensei. I did. Unfortunately, I saw it probably about two hours before we started recording. That's Somebody not even on the Twitter. worst one though. It isn't, but it's like the. The, the, what's his name? Albin Mercier one and the Tuivasa one. Like, oh, there are more. Oh, yeah. there's a bunch more, dude. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I made this argument before. It's like, you're just not going to be able, you just can't. Like, MMA shirts in general were bad and ugly. And, like, these are just really, like, like, it's worse than anything Affliction ever did. Like, these are. I guess, I guess for, for people who are listening to, for some context, so, um, Reebok has put out. Um, I didn't know there were more than one. Multiple. Um, they they, they have these. Um, I, I guess you wanted they're trying to capitalize off of people's memes and you know like pictures and just randomly throw them on shirts. And it literally looks like a two-year-old copy and paste job. And it's 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 not good. It is is. So they put like the sunglasses on her. <laughs> And then they didn't even bother to fill in the space between her body and arm. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's, it's 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 not pretty. Isn't that? But everybody's like, oh, they're finally starting to show the the character of MMA, and it's like if this is no. the character of MMA, we're in some deep shit, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna wear that. Like, even if you're a fan of the fighter, I wouldn't like. I'm a fan of Yoel Romero, but I wouldn't wear I wouldn't wear the Yoel Romero shirt that they put out. Like, it's just gaudy and. When when is the Reebok deal up? Is that? 20, I think it was like six years. 22? Oh. Something like that. It was, it, it's, it's a while, but they're going to get another. They'll just get another one. They'll get like a, like they already have one. They have, what's its name? Did you see this tough dad one? Oh, they stole from us. Yes. And was, I'm very offended I didn't get my check. Hold on, so who, who's on the tough dad one? No, no, I have no idea. It's just a dude in a mustache. Just a dude in a mustache. Yes. Well, if they if they have a B killer one, then we know we know they're listening. Killer B. Not even not even a B killer. Uh, <laughs> violently a violently attack, but not not kill B. 
Sorry if you guys hear me rumbling around. Just notice my laptop is not charged up, and that would not be good for this episode. Like I'm hovering about like five percent right now. Perfect. I'm just saying, like there are fans who like who do this shit for fun, who make better stuff than the guys who get paid to do it by Reebok. You just they just have to accept that they're not gonna make any money selling a t-shirt. There's no way to. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. Like, I, I, I've only, like, I grew up, I think, okay, I went to college in upstate New York where wrestling and UFC is a really big thing, as you can tell by the fact that they go, they go, like, every, like, once every three months. And I saw maybe one MMA shirt. And that was, like, a Rashad Evans shirt, which isn't surprising because he's from that area. Right. But, like, you ne- even the hardcore MMA fans, like, casual MMA, they don't wear MMA merch. You know what I mean? Like it's not the it's not the demographic for it anymore. The the only shirt I see that people wear are like the Korean zombie shirt. I've never seen a Korean zombie shirt. See, I saw it when it was at um, uh, well, I have one obviously, and then uh, I saw one when I was at UFC one sixty nine for a couple, was, I think. Was that the Dana one, the one that Dana was wearing? Uh, no, this is old one from the company that, like, never paid him the royalties for it. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be why MMA shirts don't necessarily... I don't know, I just, like, I get it. I mean, okay, I've seen one McGregor shirt. One of the old dethroned shirts that he had. But, like, you're just not gonna... This is not a demographic that's gonna buy shirts. But, like, then, that... like, they're too, what you call it, um, busy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's a better way to put it. You're, you're not going to sell a 35-year-old a shirt, like a tie-dye rainbow-colored shirt with Sean, uh, Sean O'Malley's face on it. Or Yoel Romero's, which has like 50 different things on it at once. Exactly. It just like, doesn't make sense. Like They're trying to capitalize on the WWE, that they sell a lot of merch, but just, just give up on the shirts. I mean, I, I won't say they have to give up, but like, you guys could just try a little harder. Or try less hard. <laughs> like, they're either trying too hard or they're not trying t- hard enough. It's just it's this weird dynamic. Throw the throw the shirts away. Throw women's MMA away. Throw everything away. Throw one throw. away. <laughs> throw, uh, throw it all away. Why can't we just have, like, a shirt with, like, the silhouette of Anderson Silva kicking Vitor Belfort in the face? Who's gonna? I wouldn't want to wear a shirt with another dude's foot going into another man's mouth. I said the whole silhouette. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's implied. It's implied. Oh boy! You might as Go well put to... the Vitor Belfort Big Brother gif on the, on a shirt. We're off to a good start. <laughs> Throw the whole podcast away. <laughs> Throw the bees away. Oh, there. Well, we don't got to worry about that anymore. I sent a clear message. I see. When they invade, it's going to be your fault. Yeah, I was going to say, if they come back, I'm, I'm terrified of bees. So if he gets like his big cousin. <laughs> it just turns out they built like a hive underneath your car. <laughs> it's a long play. Oh, man. Oh, quick side story. I think, I don't remember if I told that on here. I actually, when we first moved here, um, we actually did have a bee nest in our basement. And it was like somehow it was like inside of the wall because like we would go down in the basement to wash clothes and there would just be like three bees down there and it kept happening over and over and over and over 
and we called some people and like yeah there's like a nest down there so they tried to invade before and we ran them out so this hope i didn't trigger another war great so if there's no podcast next week you guys know what happened you know i died fighting the good fight <laughs> or being a bully depending upon what situation <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all right so i'm not sure what news uh, notes you guys have so i'm gonna run through my list of just announcements and stuff I like kind of just saw this morning that I don't remember if we talked about last week or not but I will just quickly run through them um, so uh, first on my list um, Mighty Mouse and Henry Cejudo 2 will be headlining UFC 227 um, Brad Tavares is out of the fight with Israel Adesanya um, I don't think there's a replacement yet they said Tiago Santos offered to step in but I'm not sure if that's like official or not. Um, and one FC news: I have Martin Nguyen and Kevin uh, Bellingnon. I always say his last name wrong. Fighting for the interim bantamweight title on July 27th. <laughs> also, in one championship, Henzo Gracie's retirement match uh, against Yuki Kondo. Also on that same card, um, Justin Gaethje versus Ally Quinta at UFC Fight Night. Oh, don't got the number, but that's on August 25th. Um, Sean O'Malley is planning an October return. He's still recovering from his foot surgery. Um, oh, back to one championship. Um, Lord, I'm about to butcher this name. Uh, the strawweight champ. <laughs> Jingnan Jiang versus Laura Boleyn. Uh, June 23rd, also on the same card. Adriano Marias and Geji. Usaquio for the flyweight title unification match. Uh, do Oh man, I have a lot more than I thought of this. Jessica Aguilar and Jody Escabel rebooked for UFC Fight Night 133 in Boise. Nick Hahn versus Demir Hadzovic uh, for UFC Hamburg. And the last two notes I have are Ed Ruth uh, making his welterweight debut against Andy Rad at Bellator 201. Also on the same card, Carrie Melendez uh, making her second MMA appearance against. Tiani Vale. Oh, and then we have um, allegedly Brock Lesnar versus John Jones might become a thing, maybe, possibly. Sort of. Nobody knows. But, um. So, yeah, that's all I got <clears throat> for the fight news. Is Viviano Fernandez hurt? I don't know. Yeah, when I saw this for an interim, I was like, I didn't know he was hurt. Like, they just fought, like, what was that, like a month ago, maybe? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how that's how that how that works. Um, I want to talk about the Brock and John Jones thing. I'm all for this fight because no matter who wins or who loses, they'll both fail their drug tests and it won't matter, and we can all just be happy. So I, I'm all for this fight happening. Oh yeah, little faith. Amen. I mean, one one of them is bound to fail the drug test. One one of them. One of them has to fail. But if they fail, you know, we don't lose out of anything. It's not going to be for a belt. It can just be a nice, fun fight. You can throw it on a pay-per-view. <clears throat> People will tune in, you know. I feel like you can't lose with that one. Exactly. You can't, you can't lose with it. Here's all I'm going to say about Brock fighting in the UFC as of right now. Dana White said specifically that he believes his contract expires in August. Whenever his contract is coming up, you hear UFC rumors and you hear Dana White saying he'll fight here or maybe he'll fight here. 
until he's signed to fight somebody, like, don't get too excited. Because I think they work in concert to kind of fuck with Vince McMahon a little bit. So if his contract's coming up soon, wait. So don't 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 be buying your tickets just yet. I mean, and still, well, no, I think as of now, he... Yeah, and he's not even in, like, the... Um, from what I read, like, he, he still has to get back in the USADA testing pool. Yes. All that good stuff. So, yeah, this, this is, like, super, super early development, which could end up not being a thing at all. But if it does become a thing, I'm, I'm definitely here for it. So, um, yeah, keep your eye on that. Um, keep your eye on summer announcements. Yeah. Or just have some percent plays out, I guess. Devin Brock, I just saw this morning, broke some record. He broke CM Punk's record. Fitting. (laughs) Fitting. (laughs) So I do have something that didn't happen that I'd like to discuss. Primarily because I want to hear Anikul's opinion on this, and yours as well. Uh, Did any of you hear about the rumored UFC tournament lightweight gimmick they were thinking about doing? Yes, and I'm calling bullshit. I'm I'm sure that it happened. I'm sure that they talked about it. I'm sure somebody brought it up in like a meeting and was like, yeah. wouldn't that be cool? But how can you have that without Tony Ferguson? All right, so I don't, I can't remember if I heard this. This might have been a headline I saw and just clicked over because I thought it was just a lie. Um, so, like, what was what what was the plan? Or, like, who, who, who all was supposed to be in this tournament? GSP. You wanna, yeah, go ahead. You say it. Uh, Khabib, Connor, and Nate. I don't believe it. I'm like, they can't get Nate to fight now. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm sure that they brought it up. I'm sure it was discussed, but, like, I, I couldn't get on board with that without Tony Ferguson being involved. I, mean, I believe that just as much as I believe these rumors that Connor was allegedly going to step in on, like, three different cards. And I, I can't remember what headline I saw. Like, he was supposed to step in at, like, 224 or something. Uh, it stopped. Yeah, versus that, RDA. That what? Yeah, like none of that was gonna happen. None of that was gonna happen. That's that's just that, that's Connor keeping his name in the news. Which more yeah. fighters need to do? Like, even if you're not gonna accept the fight, be like, hey, I'll fucking take that fight. Like, you know, just always kind of keep your name out there. It it, it kind of backfired for Marlon Moraes, but it didn't because he ended up winning the fight anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, like. A lightweight tournament, in theory, could have been fun, though. But I agree, though. You would have had to throw Tony in there and gave him somebody to match up with. But, like, in theory, that could be I mean, when is Tony supposed to, like, get cleared to fight again? He could, well, I think if you ask him, he could probably fight next week. Yeah. But the rumor was September, October. And I can't imagine he's not going to hurt himself between now and then. Let's be, no, let's be fair to him now. He is, he is, he is pretty durable. Like, for a guy who trains, like, some, like, like someone who doesn't know what training is, he's like, pretty durable. He's only been hurt twice, from what I remember. Like he just wakes up and fucking like imagines in his head, like what what would be really cool to do today. <laughs> we, we just got to keep him away from cords and the grip guy on on the set. So he 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 got that one time where his lung like filled up with liquid or whatever. And they had to cancel. Like, weren't two of the Khabib cancellations his fault? If I remember correctly, one was one was uh, one was Khabib getting hurt. The other one was Tony. I don't know if it was a lung or a neck issue, but he had something really serious. The second one was Khabib just didn't didn't make it to weigh-ins. 
And then I think the most recent rebooking was yeah, Tony Tony's knee exploding. Ugh. And he's back training, so this this is not like like. Man, I don't mean nothing. Like I remember I remember Miriam Nakamoto after she got um her I don't remember it was her ACL or MCL or whatever torn versus uh, fighting Lauren Murphy, and like the three days after the surgery, she was just back in the gym lifting weights. <laughs> well, that was Tony <laughs> Ferguson. <laughs> Like he has the biggest. He has like a like the. My sister had her her knee, like fixed up seriously, and I could recognize that he had the same wraps as he's doing pull ups, with his legs straight. And I'm just like, stop. Someone should stop you. Like I, I imagine if Tony Ferguson did actually stop, he'd just fall apart. Like it's just it's just momentum and adrenaline keeping him going. <laughs> he's tricking his body. He is of, <laughs> he is of another DNA. He is. Some people are just they're they're cut from from different clothes. He's one of those dudes um, who, if not for MMA. Yeah, like I don't see Tony Ferguson. Tony, Tony Ferguson, Ferguson could not sell real estate. Yeah, Tony Ferguson CPA is not happening. No, he he he. I think he would be like a YouTube star for doing like extreme sports or something. Like he would jump across the mountains or. Oh no, yeah, he can't live a normal life. I'm almost afraid of what he'll do when he can't fight anymore. Like, having heard him speak enough on these UFC events, I could imagine a Tony Ferguson YouTube channel would create some interesting content. <laughs> some interesting, some interesting, ver- some interesting verbal content. I still don't know what a technical fall is, other than that he wanted to beat Kevin Lee by it. <laughs> oh man, oh I hope he gets better though. Just don't trip over any cords or. You know, just lay off the kicking pipes, man. That's, that's a little excessive. Be yeah, normal. He, be as yeah. normal as you can be. <laughs> yeah, I think he's out there, his cast kicking pipes. He probably, like, even when he wakes up in the morning, he probably, like, jumps down his stairs to, like, get the breakfast. Like, he can't just walk down the stairs. He has to jump over the entire rail. I'd be disappointed <laughs> if he wasn't doing cartwheels down the stairs. That's what I was thinking. Like, he's doing Imanari <laughs> rolls downstairs. <laughs> Oh man! This, Tony, this is Tony. the same guy who did the Khabib interview, and he describes himself as a Wolverine, uh, a shark. Uh, it was like a Vitor Belfort list of things that, like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf, I wish I still like I linked it, and then he got hurt like a week later. But he was like, "I'm gonna get on top of Khabib, and I'm gonna have like Wolverine claws come out, and I'm gonna make him submit before I hit him." He's he's truly he's only like he's MMA. Those guys can't exist anywhere else. That's true. Like Joel yeah. Romero. That's another guy who gets us to the, our card eventually. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say, do we uh do we wanna briefly go over the um the, the slacking that Terrence Crawford gave Jeff Horn? We don't have to do a whole lot to really dissect. Uh Jeff Horn came to America and got bullied. Yeah. <laughs> like what I did to that B, Terrence Crawford did to Jeff Horn for nine rounds. No, because Crawford finished the, 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 the Jeff Horn. That is true. That is true. So he did it worse. <laughs> he did. Oh, man. Yeah. All I remember from that fight is, like, the, the first two rounds were, like, okay for Horn. I can't even say he won them, but, like, he was at least hanging in there. But, yeah, Bob, I, like, Bob, around round three, um, you kind of knew where the fight was going. And uh, Crawford just proceeded to put a lot of paws on him, a lot of good body shots. Horn was uh, hugging 
profusely. Um, and yeah, he just ended up getting beat up. Just that's it. He, he just got beat up. Um, he's out of here. This team wants a rematch in Australia. Okay. This team should go sit down. <laughs> I, I mean, I get, I get why they want the rematch because, like, what, what else are you going to do with Jeff Horn? Because yeah, his team needs to chill out and go, uh, <laughs> go regroup. Go, uh, no, they need to go out because little... they, they need to cash out now. Either that or cash out, get your last fight, and let Jeff Horn retire. Like it's back. too bad. It's too bad that Aram said he doesn't want to do anything with Adrian Broner because Broner versus Horn could be pretty fun. That'd be oh god. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I mean, what else are you gonna do with those guys? Talk about contrasting personalities. <laughs> that would be an awkward press conference. It depends. Would Broner be with the money team or would he be with the zone that he turned down? He would have to be with Aram, but Aram doesn't want to do anything with him. I don't know. Well, that that was that fight. I mean, you guys should watch it if for anything to see Terrence Crawford just work, <laughs> just you know, just just go in there and just put a beating on somebody. Let's get and that. hopefully yeah. we it puts us one step closer to him versus Errol Spence, which I would assume has to happen sometime within like the next year or two, maybe. Hopefully. If, if the combat gods are nice to us. Uh, that actually brings us to one of the questions that we got. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we'll, save those. We'll, we'll save those. We'll save those. All right. It's got um, to be, there's got to be some kind of a, uh, some kind of a peacekeeping, I suppose, between Aram and uh, BBC, right? I keep those... forgetting PBC's still around. <laughs> well... It is around. Well, because like I'm so used to be like PBC on spot, uh, Fox, PBC on Spike, PBC on ESPN. But when it's on Showtime, it's just Showtime boxing. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying like I don't know if Aram and Heyman have a good relationship, a good enough relationship to where they could sit down and work something out. Like I don't think Aram has a good relationship with anybody who's not like Pacquiao. Or... He doesn't have a good relationship with him either, seemingly. Oh yeah. Speaking of boxing promoters, did you guys see the video of? Um... <laughs> Of Don King and Tyson. Oh, they were, at, they were at. I don't know what event this was, but um, they were at like a panel, and like Tyson was already sitting at the table, and then Don, one of the last people to come up, so he walks up to the panel, and he's like, you know, saying hi to everybody, whatever, whatever. He gets to Tyson, and he like gives him this tap on the shoulder, and Tyson just spazzes out. He like threw like a cup of water or something at him. It was. It's pretty entertaining. Oh, somebody's car alarm. Are either one of y'all getting robbed? Uh, no, this is this is nonsense. Okay. <laughs> but um, you see it? I'm laughing about car alarms and bees. Oh. <laughs> yeah, saying, I you, did like, see the link of it. He like aggressively threw like a cup of water at him or something. It was. It was pretty entertaining. It was a very random occurrence. I probably should have known not to pat Tyson on the shoulder. But Tyson doesn't look like he likes pats on the shoulder. But Tyson has pretty damn good reason not to like Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> His quote here is, he talked in there like he was my friend and that was just bullcrap. Yeah, that's how he responded. I, I can definitely see that. <clears throat> Why do I watch the Mike Tyson mystery show? 
Because it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while, but I've seen more than enough episodes now to so where I'm like, I think I like this. Like, Just gonna breeze right through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're only 30 minutes in. It's gotta be. This is the way it has to be. <laughs> Um, I guess real quick before we go into UFC, I'll, I'll give a brief shout out and mention of uh, the PFL card. Um, PFL one, oh, my page won't move. There we go. PFL one went down at Madison Square Garden. This was on the seventh. Um, I didn't see all of the card. I saw most of the prelims, and then I saw the main event and the co-main event. A couple of these other fights I, I missed or only saw highlights of. But um, I don't know. As far as this this new rebrand, like at least. From what I saw, it, it looks good. Like, their production looks a little better. You know, the octagon or... Is it octagon or decagon? I don't remember. What, whatever. They're, they're, you know, the, like, everything looks good. Visually looks good. The the card itself was solid. Like, the prelims had a lot of good finishes. Um, a lot of people got sent to the afterlife. Steven Siler had a really crazy comeback win um, in his fight. Um, Alex Nicholson needs somebody to another dimension, and, um, Andre Harrison won a pretty one-sided fight, uh, Lance Palmer got a rear naked choke, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still not sure where this million dollars is coming from, I'm, I'm still just looking for that guy in the crowd who has the briefcase and he's just, like, scaring his way out, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm scanning the crowd every time I watch a card. There's got to be somebody back there. He's well, getting away with the money. Peop- there's not there's a lot of people in those. In, there wasn't a lot of people at that show, so you should have yeah. shouldn't have been a tough find. <laughs> Seriously, who has a show on a Thursday? At the theater, <laughs> the tiny theater at MSG. Right. Like I've been to the theater at MSG. Like I was there for Glory. God, when was that? But point being, like you're not going to get a ton of people there. Like. Didn't they do NY, uh, New York Eve, uh, New Year's Eve there too? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't get these people. They're they're <laughs> trying. They're trying. They're trying, and I'll give them credit. Like at least from from what I got from PFL one, like aside from it, it was a fun card. This this tournament format, like it, they're trying to do something different, and I, I can appreciate that. I think they have to realize you can't. You're not really going to compete with the UFC, so you might as well just find your own lane, make your own way, and just, you know, just carve your own little niche out, and then, you know, try to grow and expand on that that niche as much as you can. So, you know, shout outs to PFL. I'm, I'm I'm glad the first event went good. I just hope, you know, you guys actually pay these people this this million dollars. Um, I just I cannot wait until their playoff is over. And we get to the finale, and somebody hands over the briefcase, and it's half full. Do <laughs> <laughs> we have a waiting. rating for the PFL show? Do we ever have uh, ratings for the PFL show? Yeah, I mean they're on they're on a network. I thought Nielsen only gave away like the top one hundred, though. I look, I I I think I heard something like that. I I've heard that it's like up to a certain amount, but I've seen like. I've seen like the uh, what's the name of that? Combat Americas, where their shows do like ninety thousand viewers, and we get those ratings, so we should get some PFL rating. Uh-huh. I'm looking. I'm looking to this. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I get, I just look up PFL ratings, and it just says NFL ratings. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm checking <laughs> on... Uh... Speaking of which, to kind of stay on the same path a little bit, does ESPN Plus release, like, viewership numbers? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I want to know, like, I think that the only way we're going to draw... The only way... Okay, I, there is apparently a, a PFL number. I have it. Or I have Jason Floyd's opinion of it. Uh, wow. Yeah, I see it. Okay, yeah, it's not pretty. Oh, what's it, what's, what's it, what's it looking like? One, one, six thousand. Oh. What does, sport, uh, what does um, NBC Sports normally do? Or... I don't know. I don't know what their network normally does, but I believe that the the WSOF shows normally do in the two hundred thousands, right? Hmm. There's there's got to be an SOF rating ranking like rating. But but point being, like I think the only way we're gonna know if a UFC plus show does well or not is if we is if we have like a comparison. I think that that would have been a good comparison, Horn and uh, Horn and uh, Crawford. Yeah. Like I, I imagine we'll eventually get like um, how many like a report on how many uh, people are subscribed to it, right? Like that'll eventually come out in like an investor report or something like that. But I, I don't imagine we'll ever get like a number for the show, so we'll just have to trust Bob Arum and Dana. Two, two of the most trustworthy fellows you could possibly rely yeah. on. Like, it's going to be funny because, like, I can imagine them, like, doing a show and, like, let's say Bob Aaron finishes first and he gives his, like, post fight interview and he just says, like, we got 900,000 people on ESPN Plus. And then Daniel comes out, like, an hour later for, like, three million. We got three million people. (laughs) (laughs) But Bob said 900,000. That old fuck doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) He doesn't know how to use the internet. He doesn't know how to use. Back when he was around, they were fucking rotary phones. What does he know about? <laughs> it's just going to be week after week of them trying to top each other. Oh, boy. We got the UFC peak numbers. Yeah, what are those skinheads? What, is, what are their skinhead audience <laughs> tune in for? Oh, man. Has there been any update on Zufa boxing? I've... Uh, Dan... Yeah, I saw Dana says they're not working with any... um. Sanctioning bodies, so no WBC, no WBO, no IBF. They're just gonna be their own league. That'll be. What if they? What if? What if Zufa becomes a sanctioning body? Like like the NABF, the NABL, and then you have Zufa. Ooh. For a comp- measure, the last NBC Sport, uh, the last uh, the last PFL show that I can see any sort of rating on is one fifty three thousand. Hmm. This is what happens when you run shows on Thursday nights. I mean, you know, and that's kind of a bummer because, like, you can't compete on a Saturday. Friday ratings are, like, dead. So you're kind of stuck between... You could try Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday <laughs> uh, card. Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. They got, they got a tough road ahead. But... I mean, at least the product was decent. Yeah, the pro- uh, yeah, the fights uh, were the great. Product, the, the, the fights were, were, were pretty dope. My, so. my only suggestion is to space out your Andre Harris and Lance Palmer and Jared Rochelle fights. They're not <laughs> on the same night. <laughs> I like it. I hope I hope they fight. Like, and, and I'm sure that they're going to pay guys. Like, I'm sure they'll pay the million. I just don't know where they're going to get the money back on this. 
I mean, they're not. That's probably, probably not. It's not a joke. It's sad. I mean, I'd be sadder if it was just like these guys coming together and pooling their money to try and make something happen. But th- this oh, is yeah, this is this is the owner of all the teams in like Washington D.C. Just being like, I want to be Dana White, and I'm gonna throw money into this incinerator uh, until it happens. Fantastic accent. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when I raise my voice. I see. It sounded huh. like the Fight Night's global guy meets Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> So it's like two competing, two competing, two competing cultures at the same time. I hope it succeeds. Like I want, I want fighters to have a place to make money. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. It was, and I, it, it, the old Bellator cards, where they used to the tournaments, where they used to give out like hundred thousand dollars. Was that like, like, was that a hundred thousand dollar check, or was that like, oh, you fight three times and you make three hundred thirty-three thousand dollars, or thirty-three thousand dollars each time? And if like if it's like that, was that like is that how PFL is operating? Where like I thought it was a check. Like I know that'd be wrong though. Like I heard somewhere that that was what they were. That's what how Bellator did it. Where like they would just cut you a thirty-two thousand dollar check every time you won. Like a like a like, kind of like how tough work. Yeah. I have no idea. That's a good question that I really don't even know the answer to. And I, I was gonna say, is that what PFL is gonna do down the line? Like, are these guys even getting paid? Like, they're being—they're on salaries, right? I believe so. Wasn't that the case? Like, that was their big selling point. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they get paid for like just being on roster, and then they have the opportunity to make a million dollars at the end. But what are they getting paid? I still keep question. Yeah, and like, are, did they get paid for like showing up and fighting, or, or this, is that just part of the the, um, the circumstances of their contract? Where like, we're going to give you this money, and you just have to show up when we call you. I mean, they were in New York, so they should have to release, like, the financials. Yeah. So you would assume. We'll see. We're going to find out. I don't know. I feel Speaking... like those numbers are going to look real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Wait, I think I, I think I know what you're about to say, but go ahead. Because I wanted to ask you guys if you had heard about it. Uh, the MMA you... Pro League. What's that? The, uh, the HBO project the hbo yeah. guys project i haven't heard about the salaries i haven't heard about anything about the salaries but i heard about the format and like i had to double check to make sure that this dude didn't know what the ifl was um but they're bringing back team-based mma okay well i just want to stop stop you right there hold on I'll and point out team-based that- as in like Three on three. Uh, no, no, no. Like IFL style. Like. Yeah. Correction. It is SFL style because that's the Super Fight League's format. Oh, true, 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 so, true. So it's F- we and we have we obviously just shouted out India, so we're not about to bury the SFLs, yeah. the, the the pride of India. Right. We lost them for like a month. See. Got them back. <laughs> back. We still haven't figured out that. haven't figured out Egypt yet, but we're gonna we got we're gonna keep India around. Jesus Christ, Egypt! Where, where are you guys at, man? Calling you guys out. Wow. <laughs> now they're never. Calling they got out. any bees in in Egypt that you need to be concerned about? I don't know. They, they probably got some scary bugs over there too. <laughs> Maybe that's where I flew him back. I hit him. That's where he just went back home. 
<laughs> pretty sure you just killed Anticle, by the way, because I heard him wheeze and I haven't heard him. There he is. So, so, oh no, I think I did hear about this team thing. I just, I didn't really read it. I'm just but, saying, like, I like to, go ahead. No, I, I was reading what he said. And, like, it just, like, a, it, just, it read like somebody who didn't know what the IFL was. So many years ago. I know, how, but, like... How dare you do... How dare these... Ask this guy to do research about what he's... Like, it's not even that. It's just, like, he was in the fight business when this was happening. Yes. He was. Like, via HBO. Like, I'm sure they sat down and had, like, at least, like, a cup of tea about, like, do you want to invest in this? Or do you, would you like this to be on your... Uh, TV, like, I, I don't, I, I'm kind of baffled. And here's the problem with the team MMA aspect of things. It only works if you get invested in those teams. Like, right. the, like, again, the SFL, they do it by, like, region, so to speak. So you have, like, one of them, don't ask me how I remember this, one of the team is the Mumbai Maniacs. So I know that there's, like, Mumbai and New Delhi and, like, some other places. So it's, like, team-based within these regions where, hey, if you're from there, you might want to get invested because these are your fighters, so to speak, even though they have American ringers in a few different fights. The point is, like, you can't really... Re- I don't think you can resonate team-based MMA if there's no region involved. Otherwise, they're just, like, tough teams, and nobody gets excited for tough teams. Not at all. So, <laughs> so like, I mean, again, I want it to be successful because we, we all want fighters to make money and we want MMA to continue to grow, but... It's not like you're ripping off a product that was super successful to begin with. So. Right. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll find a way to, I don't know, they'll find some way to spice it up or something. I, I, yeah, it's, I mean. It says each team has, like, a home and away venue. Or, I mean, each team has a home venue. So I'm assuming they have, like, cities, right? I, I would assume so. so. Yeah, yeah. it says, like, um... When drafted, players will be expected to leave their home gyms to go train with the team and coaches in the city of the team that drafted them during the season. The same way it works in other sports. Wow. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Well, mm, I don't know. I'm going to say RIP to this league. Um, I want it to be... I want, I, it, look, it's ambitious. That's I all mean, I hope. Very, I, I, like, very. I like weird stuff. If you listen to this podcast, you know I like weird stuff, so I'm down with it. I mean, yeah. I'm all for a good train wreck while it lasts. So, If you really wanted to do a concept like that, why wouldn't you break it up into fight styles? Because you didn't think for it. I see. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think if he really they... just wants this to be like, I, I think he just sees, a, like in his head, he just sees it like, it won't matter who the fighters are, but if if I have the teams, then that can be like an NBA, NFL type deal where it gets passed down from generation to generation. I could see that, and I suppose if you go to markets that don't have major sporting teams, like you could probably pull that off. Right. Like specifically in markets maybe where there's big wrestling, you know, like a big wrestling kind of market. I could see that happening, but the, the Montana. <laughs> Montana just got <laughs> shitted on. I mean, all they really have in Montana is like, was what it? What, what national park is there? Like Zion or Glacier or something? Poor Montana. And Sean O'Malley. And oh yeah, they do have they do have Sean O'Malley. Far Cry. 
That last Far Cry <laughs> game was in Montana, I believe. And, and did you did that really do anything positive for Montana? I suppose I mean... it depends upon what <laughs> it depends upon your alignment with certain matters, maybe. <laughs> but um, no, but it could it could work. But you got to look. Let's goddamn it. Let's get back on the. Let's let's try to finish this thought. Let's finish one thought for a second. I don't know, like, I, it could work, it could work, but it has to be in, like, you'd have to go to, like, Minnesota. Right. Or, like, Iowa. But you, they should North, have done North it, like... North Dakota, it, South Dakota. They should have done it, like, based upon fighting styles. It might have been a little bit more interesting. Because there, there are still those people who believe, like, you know, wrestling versus jiu-jitsu is a big draw, or, uh, you know, sambo versus jiu-jitsu, or all these wacky different styles of fighting... You could probably have a better rate of success if you broke them up that way. Oh, no. All I want to know, all I want to do is see the Capoeira guy from Bellator come back. It's all that's all I want. Marcus Aurelio. Oh, man. You guys remember the early age of like when they had the Wushu fighter who went to the M1 tryouts? Oh, is that what's his name? Oh, God. Wait, was that was he like an actual wushu fighter? Or was he that crazy dude? From dude, Jersey? I don't. I just <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if he was crazy. I just remember him going. They had like a big M one tryout, and they like kicked him out. And because uh, he was like a wushu practitioner. No, not wushu. What was it? Was it Wing Chun? Yeah, I was gonna say it was not wushu. It was probably Wing Chun. Yeah, Wing Chun. And he he's they're kicking him out, and he's like, I've been a fighter for many lifetimes. <laughs> oh my god what is it let me see if i can find it wait i think i know who you're talking about and um it's what's his face oh god so they never let him fight it was in 2010 because it's the first youtube video that pops up but they don't have his name i know him because he's for sean obasi that's who he was right because i remember seeing the video and he was just like crying and begging them to let him try out right Cause uh, he uh, the uh, the Wing Chun kid. Yeah, but I'm saying you want if you want to do something different, get a bunch of those guys, get a bunch of Wushu practitioners, get some wrestlers, get some BJJ guys. You know, make sure that they have enough cross training that they're not you know completely. You know, they're not going to be completely out of their element if they have to face like a wrestler. But that's part of the fun of the idea, isn't it? Yeah, but like, oh god, Obasi is um a little special. Like, like, two seconds. I don't want to say. I don't want to say nothing bad about the dude. Like that, having that out there, uh, visible to the world, is bad enough. Um, but from what I understand, he's not all there mentally. Is it like a like a again trying to be as tactful as possible? Is it like a Charlie Zelenoff? Where it's like kind of an act, but not really. Yeah. From what I remember, it's been a while. All right. Man, we've had Charlie Zelenoff getting name-dropped on this thing. Yeah, we, we should probably just start the card. <laughs> nah, smooth and easy, real quick, and breeze right through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think that was, no, hold on, but I think that was a good conversation about different concepts of MMA that could potentially have some success. Yeah, I mean, the idea is cool. I... I I don't. Ugh. You just can't do the UFC thing. You're not gonna succeed if you're trying to be the UFC. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess anybody gets points for 
obviously like at this point if you're trying to get into combat sports you got to think outside the box because chances are whatever idea you originally had has been done already so you just gotta you gotta do something different uh, or bully beat them but for real we're like every <laughs> round every round's a different combat sport <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just gonna stick with karate combat i don't know about all these other i would be totally leagues. fine with tony ferguson hosting a bully beat them uh, that'd be mean because that shit would, would be prob- for real. It would not be... Because Tony Ferguson is a real life bully. He would probably kill him. Like, I think they would die. Who's the fighter who was on Bully Beat Down Guy's ass beat? Oh, that happened? Yeah. That's save for some other time, then. That had to be embarrassing. Yeah. I think he got, kicked, even go- think he got kicked out of his gym and everything. I was going to say, can oh. you go... You can't go back to the gym after that. <laughs> Hold on, what does that do to the person who called? I called you in to beat up my bully. <laughs> well, I mean, none of them are oh. real. Oh, man. That's still bad, though. That's, that's not a good... It's not a good look. Tony Ferguson. Now I'm imagining Tony Ferguson on random shows. Random reality shows. Oh, man. <laughs> Could you imagine going on Intervention and it's Tony Ferguson trying to get you to go to rehab? <laughs> you would, I would go. You would definitely be going. To I would have to go. Like if 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 it take if 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 Tony Ferguson had to tell you to go to intervention, like you you're probably so far gone. Like you, it's probably it's a miracle that you're even alive still. That he, <laughs> he, he... <laughs> Tony Ferguson is the host of intervention. <laughs> so the guy, oh. the guy who um. Who guys asked be on bully beat down by the bully? Uh, he yeah. is a, he is a career MMA. Like he's fought like Nick Diaz and George St Pierre and Joe Stevenson. His name is uh, Thomas Denny. Oh, I do remember that name. Um, but he also holds a win over Malay Pep Sass uh, uh, Um, You know, actual like legitimate Muay Thai fighter. But it's only because Malapai hit him with an elbow and like shattered his face, and that was illegal. Who else could we? I'm trying to think of who else could Francis Ngannou would get you to go to rehab if he was the intervention guy. Yeah. You imagine just walking into the room and he's just like, "You're going to rehab, like you're you're going." Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> I guess this isn't a choice anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably say it in the nicest way possible too, because he seems like such a nice guy. Right. Or like, he you you walk in, and like you don't know he's there, and the door closes behind you. He's behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot leave this room until you go to intervention. It's like I, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Oh man. I just thought. But um. New show. Oh. What if it's like white supremacist intervention? Where it's like oh, same man. concept, but you get like some really racist guy and then the door closes behind him and it's Nganu behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> How is that not oh that that that's a whole I can't get into that. That would be a whole other side of hand. Oh. That would be a that would be a wild show though. I mean if you think about it. That was You would have to you would uh, have to re- rely on people who could cover it kind of tactfully but oh man oh man oh 
We're giving away a lot of ideas here. We need to keep these in house. I wait. Did I ever tell you guys about the guy on Tumblr who um, I, I I think it was in the lead up to like DC versus Rumble. Like he hit me up and was like, "I can beat Rumble" because I posted the video of hit, uh, Rumble and <laughs> Justice and fighting. <laughs> no, we didn't hear this, but now we have to. Um, no, but like he, he's like, "Yeah, I, I can beat Mr. Rumble Johnson," and then I clicked through to his thing. And it's just all like Nazi symbols and like, <laughs> pictures of like KKK rallies and shit. Oh my god! Oh, like ninety percent of my block list on Tumblr is just white supremacists. <laughs> Jesus, we need to get that guy with Nganu then on this show. I mean. If anything, it just make them more scared of black people. <laughs> no, I'd imagine that. I'd look. Francis Ngannou would, he could probably, what would we call it, scared straight into the 20th century or something like that? Like, what would it, I don't know. Sometimes fear is a good thing. (laughs) Francis Ngannou tells me the sky is red, I'm going to believe that fucking guy. Yeah. At least for the first five minutes. After that, I might have a shot. I mean, I'm going to just start running. I, I can't imagine um, it'll get very far. Who, you or Nganu? Hey, I, 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 I don't know. I don't want to take. I don't want to take the chance because if, if anything, I'll just yeah, start you might, up you might, you, you might catch up on a good day, man. He, he might have. Yeah. We talk about Nganu having bad cardio, but let's be fair. That's heavyweight cardio. That's not bad cardio. Cain Velasquez yeah. was a myth. He doesn't even exist anymore. True. And, and part of like that myth is just that Cain Velasquez. Was able to bag JDS into a cage <laughs> where he didn't have to chase him for like 25 minutes. Cardio is only as good as long as you can, as long as you can stay on top. So it's a small segment of my life I try to forget. <laughs> <laughs> what, this last one we just had, or, or JDS versus Kane? The JDS. I, I try to block those two fights out of my memory. And only remember the one that he won. I mean, in all fairness, JDS doesn't remember those fights either. <laughs> Jesus. Am, am I we wrong? Just get on to, we should just get on to the car. We should. We should. I, I can't take this JDS. This this slander. Speaking of heavyweights <laughs> who don't remember anything, Alistair Overeem. Ugh. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get to it. That was a prelim. That's crazy. Now, fair, fair, uh, just fair, I guess for lack of a better term, fair fox to everybody. I did not see the card live until I got in for the Tuivasa Arlovsky fight. So everything I have is like pre everything I have is like recorded. So I wasn't there in the moment. I can't tell you if it was like way more exciting or way less exciting in the moment. Uh, I did know the results going into watching those fights. So like uh we're we're gonna be real hit and miss here. So we'll see how we all think up on it. That's fine. I have a pretty good memory of this card. I was up to the main event though. Just saying. No, yeah. So we'll we'll just go right into it. <laughs> UFC 225, um, rematch between Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker. Um, I'm I'm not going in the background of the card. It, it's we've been waiting for this for a while. So if, if if you're in the know, you know. If not, oh well. This this podcast isn't for you anyway. But this fight, <laughs> man. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> we're just jumping right into it, man. This this fight, I. I was afraid for the first two rounds because Romero was so, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, 
watching fights by myself and then watching fights with other people it's just it's a different kind of experience i can't really explain but um i don't know like i was afraid for like the first two rounds because romero was really you know i I guess conserving his energy he wasn't doing a ton and whitaker's just kind of picking him apart from the outside and i'm like i hope this fight doesn't keep going like that like i don't want to watch this for five rounds because it's not you know i mean albeit whitaker's handling business but you know like we were pretty hyped for this main event and i I wanted violence going both ways um but my god in the third round i don't know (laughs) i don't know what happened to romero between two and three but the third round the man just he just woke up like he just i guess he figured you know what let me take these first two rounds off conserve my cardio and then i'm just gonna try to kill him these last three and Jesus Christ, man! He floored Whitaker with I think it was a, a right. Um, it was just a war. It was just a back and forth. Just like it was like watching two superheroes fight. Like <laughs> it was literally just watching two superheroes slug it out. Um, I don't remember how I scored this fight. Like in in real time, like I don't remember who I, rounds I get. Well, I, other than um. Whitaker clearly got the first two. Literally, like, just based on output, and Romero just didn't really do a ton of first two. Three and three through five was just a blur because I was just in the moment just watching these two dudes just try to kill each other. And I, I think, like one of you guys have said before we started recording, that um that head kick that Romero just ate, like, you heard the loud just slap of that kick. I was sure he was going to be out of here, and he just he just kept going. I think this, I was trying to think of this, and this actually ties into a question we got, but um, I was trying to think of a, a, a fight this year that I, like, was more exciting than this. And the only one that even comes close is Gaethje and Poirier. But I think this might, for me, have an edge over that. I, uh, this, this, I'm so glad this happened. I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> Like, this made me forget about the weight cut, and, like, none of that even mattered. Like, I just, I didn't care. Like, ah, this this was great. This this was great. I I wish I could give more of a technical breakdown, but it was just great. It was just, it was everything I was hoping it would be. It was everything I wanted. So, like, just going back to that first fight really quick, the weird thing about that was, um, you know, the fact that Yoel Romero won the first two rounds, I guess, because he's a third-round fighter it, it, in the most literal sense of the word. Like, uh, he, he he's down two rounds, or he splits the first two rounds just, like, kind of half-assing it. And, and then the third round, he just comes alive and just murders the person uh, across the cage from, like, he's one, you know, like, I think he's the best third-round finisher in, the, in, like, UFC history. I could be wrong on that, but like all his big finishes seem to come third round. Uh, the Rockhold fight, the Weidman fight, uh, the Brunson fight. Um, I'm pro- I'm forgetting some off the top of my head, Machida. but Machida, there we go. That one was really weird. Uh, where he just like decides the fight's gonna be over now and just bull rushes Machida and just ends him in like five seconds. Like, I don't think Machida realized he was being taken down. Um, but, like, 
So it, it kind of but quite being, it made more sense in this fight when like, he came out, he was just slow and just not throwing anything. Uh, he was getting his read on Whitaker. Um, props to Whitaker, dude, for fighting the most dangerous uh, like puncher in the sport right now with like a broken hand or thumb or whatever. And just not being able to feel that whole forearm area. Cause like he was he was up he was working, but good God that like when he when he got dropped in the third third and fifth round I thought it was over. I thought the fifth round was over. I thought he was about to be out of here. Like yeah, like legit just drops like a sack of potatoes to the ground. Um, that's not good. No, nope. they are. Um. Like, yeah, like, third round is, like, fight of the year, uh, round of the year. Um, just Romero beating on Whitaker. Whitaker somehow, like, bounces back and just lands a head kick. That, if that had landed on basically anybody else, but they they probably have to retire from fighting. It was that hard and that clean and that direct. And, and the fact that Romero, who was probably dead tired, because he... I want to say it was like the third round they went to his corner. He was trying to speak to his corner man. And he sounded like he was like 60 years old. <laughs> so his actual age is what you're his, his actual age, because there's no way. He, like, his, his, Romero's definitely like four or five years older than what he says he is. Um, but like, like, he sounded so weak and frail. Like, I, I'm not even, like, if you go I back and listen to the corner audio. But like, then he just comes out and drops him again in the fourth and fifth round. Like, it's it's crazy. It, like Romero giveth and he take it away. Like he 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 took away the title fight, but he gave us this tremendous five round affair. And I was honestly, I haven't even gone back through it to like look at like technique wise what they were doing. I'm, every time it's just like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Right. <laughs> That's why it's like, I feel like words can't really, you just got to watch it. Like, and even when I went back to rewatch it, like I'm trying to do like breakdowns, like, oh, he, you know, he's working the jab or he's doing this, he's doing that. And after a while, you just stop caring, like, because it's just so good. There's no, I don't want to look at the, the these slight nuances. I just want to see the violence. Because it's just that good, like. Yo, uh, <laughs> Yoel Romero reminds me. Have you ever seen those YouTube videos where, like, like at a zoo where something goes wrong and you can see the animal getting closer and closer and closer, <laughs> and then it does whatever it says it does in the video. Yoel Romero's like, like I mentioned while we were watching while the fight was going live that he was getting closer to Whitaker and a little closer and a little closer, but. The commentary was such that it was like he was doing nothing. But if you were watching closely, you could see him getting a little bit closer to Robert Whitaker each time. Then the third round happened. And everybody's going to talk about Romero's everything that he did in that round because it was amazing. But Robert Whitaker is insane because he took serious damage, recovered to fight back for the rest of the round, and then fought the fourth and the fifth round like nothing happened. 
that is insane. That's what makes MMA so different than any other sport. There's a halftime in another sport where you're down 10, 20 points. Maybe you can rally back and get yourself in the game. You have 30 seconds to mentally process everything that just happened and then just go again. And he fought like nothing happened. And like the whole fight was just a reminder why we love this crazy dumb sport. Why you put up with all the bullshit and why you put up with fights falling through and why you put up with missing weights and this, that, and the other thing. It was just a reminder of why MMA is so amazing. Uh, I had it a draw live. Rewatching it back earlier today or last night, I think Romero should have won. But at the same time, I don't understand how round five is in the 10 round. I watched round five twice specifically to try and see what it is that you could say that Whitaker did to survive. Yeah. That was it. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it can't be that way. Like, we can't have a 10 8 round. Uh, we can't have a round that should be a 10-8 where if the guy's on his feet, it can't be. Like, if, if the guy's so beaten that a 10-8 round has to be a 10-8 round, like, basically, the fight should have been over in theory. So, I don't understand what the 10-8, why that wasn't a 10-8 round. Uh, I have all the respect in the world to Robert Whitaker. Yoel Romero, uh, we need to retire the idea that he has bad cardio. He went five rounds of that. And even if you say that he took the first two rounds off, because I do think he did a lot more in the second round that kind of went under the under the radar of everybody. You don't fight that kind of pace and that kind of fight. And and you can't have bad cardio. Like, look at Nganu. We were just talking about Nganu. That's a different kind of pace. Like, he was exhausted by the end of round three. That's an example of a guy who didn't have, quote-unquote, good cardio. Joel Romero fought the third, fourth, and fifth rounds at a hellacious pace that would have tired out. Anybody not named Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje... Cain Velasquez, like, your big cardio guys, he fought that kind of pace and kept his power, you know. So we need to stop punishing fighters. Because I heard it in the third round where Rogan's like, Yorel Romero's exhausted. It's like he threw 400 punches. <laughs> of course he's exhausted. I can't remember what other fight he said that, and it pissed me off. It's like and it's like, RDA. no, no, of course, of course he's tired, Joe. Yeah, it's like, of course he's, uh, like, there's a difference between tired and tired to the point where you can't compete. Like, right. he was tired because he threw 400 punches trying to finish the most durable human being on this on any on any hemisphere. So, of course, he's a little bit tired. Um, but I guess we'll talk about we'll talk about the commentary probably a little bit later. Uh, but that was believe a, you me, we're talking about that commentary. Well, like... that <laughs> that was a bugaboo. Um, the weird thing is that I want a rematch but I can't trust Yoel Romero to make the weight for the rematch. And so now you're kind of in an awkward position where Romero, Whitaker, Romero, Gastel, and Weidman, they've all basically fought each other, so to speak. Weidman's beaten Gastelum. Romero beat Weidman, but I just saw Whitaker beat Romero twice. Even No matter how you feel about it, that's the official result. So middleweight's kind of in a weird position now. And... Uh, I, I mean, the, this was the greatest fight I've seen probably since a long time. I, I, I probably since, I, I couldn't name a fight, I couldn't name a title fight that great. So. I think also something just to God. Just, just keep out there, like, Whitaker, man, is a savage. If you just look at the resume of, like, people... He's been on a streak of beating for, like, the last year or two. Like, 
this guy has fought some legit killers, and he's he's performed every time. I was gonna. Like, you want a hot take? Okay. I would take his quality of competition over Anderson Silva's quality of competition. Oh, in a heartbeat. So, I think if he beats Wiseman, we need to start talking. We need to have a dialogue, as Charles Barkley would say. <laughs> is he? Uh, is he? Is he? He approaching some goat conversations? It's impossible at a higher weight class because of the. He he could be the best middleweight of all time if he beat. In my opinion, if he beats Weidman. Because who else? Who else necessarily stands out to like? You know, what do you want to see him beat? Bloated Gastelum. Yeah. Yeah, blo- bloated, bloated Gastelum. And yeah, but I mean, okay, but but Weidman beat Gastelum, so that's like you beat Weidman, you technically beat Gastelum. So you gotta... Oh no, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue. Whit- Whitaker is definitely. It's crazy. Like when he was at welterweight, if you would have told me, like, and, I mean, he was good then too. You know, he had his ups and downs, but. Like, I wouldn't have thought that this guy would be the one who would just... It's going like a rampage, man. Like, and like you said, just crazy durability. Like, anybody else in that fifth round would have been out of here. And, yeah, I mean, you could argue that the ref probably could have stopped the fight at some point. I did, yeah, I did have a few moments, not to not to cut you off, but I, I we probably should have discussed that, whether it should have been stopped. I'm glad it wasn't, but... I I I think they gave him a a benefit. I I feel like the the refs know certain fighters, and he he's just he's a just like we said he he's super durable. So maybe he just kind of gets an extra benefit of the doubt that I'll I'll give him like that extra five ten seconds to see if he can finagle his way out of this beating that he's taken, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad it didn't get stopped. Too. Champion um, champions, you know, champion always gets a little bit yeah. of the benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's, I think he's, he's earned it. And we've seen before how, how tough he is, so I, I would say he's earned that right. Um, yeah, man, but th- this this fight was amazing. This this was... It's, it's unfortunate, you know, that, like, in a just world, Robert Whitaker should be the biggest draw in MMA ever. Like, just because nobody guarantees quality of fight relative to quality of competition the way that he does. Right. He's like the nicest dude on earth. Yeah, like he's a, like. He's, a, he's, a, he's a good. He is. If Yoel Romero is the stereotypical Cuban, or the most Cuban man alive, according to one man I know, yeah, then Robert Whitaker has to be the most Australian man ever. Yeah. Or the most. Like I don't get how you. I don't know how you could like not like Robert Whitaker. Like, I don't get it. I don't know how you could. And before we wrap up that fight, I'd also like to talk about. I have to mention it because it's my thing. Yoel Romero's post-fight interview where he he gave uh, Chicago sovereignty from Illinois and the rest of the United States. <laughs> but kudos to him for having the ability to, not the ability, but like the forthright to refer to it as his humble opinion. Yeah. So, and, and I agree with him. So I thought he won, I, in hindsight, I thought he won the fight. But, yeah, that, that, that fight was... was... It was everything. If you if you didn't get a chance to watch this, just go, go go get your life right. Like you you have to watch this fight. It's, it's everything you would hope it would be and more. Um, I, I'm so glad that fight turned out the way it did because um, the fight that we're about to get into um, did not make me feel good, and I needed a good pick me up. I legit thanks so thanks. I legit almost turned off the card after it. I almost went to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh so upset. so so. 
So thank God for, for Whitaker and Romero, because you, you guys don't know the service that you provided. Um, Heroes. But, yeah, let's, let's, let's get into this. Um, yeah. Um, Kobe, Kobe Covington and Javier uh, uh, Dos Anjos. Uh, co-main event, this was for the interim welterweight title, which I'm still not sure why this was the interim belt, but that's just another discussion for another day. Um, the, the word interim just makes my skin crawl at this point. But, um, it was the number, the, the number one contender title. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. Go ahead, AC. Um, I was going to say, they, they did. I'm assuming they did this because the last time they did Whitaker-Romero, it did like 150,000 buys or something. Yeah, well that was that was because of that was because of Byron Killer Amanda Nunes though. Mm, I'm she just didn't, saying she didn't I, show up to work and I'm just uh, saying. Uh, I'm just oh, saying, boy. I'm just saying. <laughs> she even on that card? Nunes Shevchenko was supposed to be the main event and then they right. she pulled out like the hour of the event. As, like, the first fight is walking to the cage, she pulled out. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> all right? People think I have a Nunes bias. Excuse me. Um, God, it's so hard to, like, even talk about this fight. Like, I want to be fair. I'm trying to be hey, fair. Can we start out by just dumping on Joe Rogan and Jimmy Smith? Now, but before sure. we, before, before I'd actually <laughs> like to jump that real quick, just to provide a little, just to, to be a little fair to Joe Rogan, uh, I just saw a clip on his podcast talking about the death of uh, the guy, the the Anthony Bourdain, right? Right. And yeah. Apparently, they were really close friends, and so maybe he went into that event a little, you know, not at his best, which would be understandable. Uh, just wanted to put that out there before the anecdote drops a lot of. Now you can unload the clip. Uh, um, so, I'm, I'm going to start out with praising Joe Rogan. Um, just so people don't think I'm uh, like just completely, you know, anti-Rogan, even though I am. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, not, and, and, and to be all fair, in that regard, it's not all because I was... Um, it's, not, it's, it's because some of his other choices in life have been... Uh, a little off kilter, um, but uh, Rogan is R- Rogan at times has been good, even great. Uh, his call of Holly Holm versus uh, Ronda Rousey was fantastic. But, like him putting Goldie in his place when Goldie suggested. You know, Ronda's career had something to do with the fact, uh, her career outside the cage has something to do with the fact that she was just getting her ass beat. Um, but what happened? Like, how do you just sit there at cage side and just pretend somebody is completely invisible? Because <laughs> that's what happened. Like, I, I. I I'm, more, I'm, more, I'm more baffled than I am, like, angry. I can overlook the fact that he didn't see any of RDA's work. Because it happens sometimes. Like, I've seen him do it before with, like, BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar. He kind of did it a little bit, like, in the first fight. I, I, I have a problem with him 
basically questioning RDA's mental toughness. Like, I, I guess I don't know. If, I don't know why it registered with me so poorly. But when he was talking about how like he's wilting and how he's breaking and like oh he does, I don't remember if he said he doesn't want to be there. Like it, it just made me really unhappy the way that he painted RDA, and like because uh... look, fighters get frustrated. But I never watched that fight thinking RDA wasn't in it and wasn't mentally in it. You know what I mean? So when he and Jimmy Smith were like, oh, he, he's breaking him, he's wilting under the pressure, it's like, dude, he's, he's, he's in there. Like, what are you talking about? Like, they landed at, like, the same clip. Like, and, I'm, I'm but, sure, like, um, Covington was had, like, a higher volume, but, like, in, in terms of strikes landed, they landed at basically, like, the same clip. I want to say it was in, within, like, f- uh, five or ten strikes of each other. And then in the fifth round, he's like... Uh... He said, um, he goes, like, I'm not trying to say that he's falling apart. And it's like, motherfucker, you said that two rounds ago. Like, I don't know why it bothered me, but it left a really poor taste in my mouth because it felt, it felt almost demeaning to RDA as an athlete. Like, it, we've seen fighters quit, and there was no quit in Rafael Dos Santos. Like, I, I don't know, dude. It pissed me off a little bit. Like, he was tired. Anybody would be, you know, fighting at that pace. But, like, we're talking about a dude who, like, not even around before, was just out wrestling Covington. Right. He lost me when he tried to compare Covington. Oh my god! Right? Well, <laughs> well, well. Not everybody who crushes is a Diaz brother, but I, I couldn't flip over the TV because I wasn't at my house. <laughs> I don't know. It's like everybody who crushes is a Diaz brother. He probably thinks. Max Holloway is a Diaz brother. Yeah, that 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 kind of. You know, you know, I, that, that, I, you know, I think it is. Like, I think Rogan gets like I don't want to say enamored, but like when like th- there are two types of people who get at Rogan mentally, and somebody pointed this out that Rogan said something on his podcast, and Covington came back and like j- just shot on him for it. I, I don't remember what it was, but like somebody said this could be. A uh, response to that, like where like you know, the uh, Rogan was trying to correct something, but like the two people that seem to like real like I don't want to say get like get Rogan seems to get behind, just you know, from my experience of like looking who he brings on his show on like the JRE and whatever, it's people who with big personalities, and and, and people kind of just talk down to him a little bit. Like he, guess, he, he just seems to get like enamored with those types of people. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Like and Jimmy Smith, by the way, you've been professional and you've been doing this a long time and you're you're good, but you kinda got led along there. Yeah. So And it happened a few times during the event. I don't know if it's out of deference because Rogan is the veteran of the UFC pod like of the UFC commentary crew, you know, he's been there the longest, but there was like Jimmy Smith just repeated everything he said. Like, like I had this whole thing about like just being angry at him and like just screaming and like, like I did with the Alvi fight last week. I just like, I, I don't get it. And it is so. it is worth pointing out that like it's not like it was an unbi- like we're not unbiased. We obviously went into that fight wanting RDA to win, but at the same time, I don't think any of us would sit here and say that RDA won. Our critique is of the commentary, which made it seem like it was a 
Yeah, they made it seem like it was like a <laughs> like RDA just got completely slaughtered. This fight was nowhere near close. I mean, because I mean, for being realistic, Colby won. I, I guess you could say like I don't have the stats in front of me, so I, maybe I guess you could say volume and like control. But it, it was what these kind of fights always piss me off <laughs> because it's like you had volume and control, but like you didn't. I feel like there's just it wasn't a lot of substance. Like you That is a fantastic that... way to describe. It. No, that is a fantastic <laughs> like, way to describe not just this fight, but 170 as a whole. Yeah, like there was no it's it's fights like this and I, I can't even just pick on Covington because I, I see there's at least one fight or at least like every other card where it's just like one guy is winning like the position battle and he's landing but he's not he's not doing anything really worth of note. And the other guy who's clearly landing the harder shots, but it sucks for him because he's not winning the battle of, like, positioning. So it's like, do you judge? It's like a preference thing almost. But, I mean, I can get it. Like, Kobe had a lot of control, so I, I'm, I'm not even going to complain about the scorecard. Like, he, he controlled most of the fight. He did push the pace. But, like, let's not act like he put on some kind of clinic <laughs> like he he ate his fair share of shots i mean he did what he had to do to get the win but yeah people made this seem like it was like a wipeout like and i don't think it was i don't think it was that at all like but well, he, he had positioning but it was just kind of a lot of i'm gonna throw this pit pat two three punch combo i just need to get in and lean on you for a little bit take you down and just kind of keep you there like it would have been different if he was really just like beating away at him but i don't know this uh this fight was really frustrating to watch it was really 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 frustrating to watch. i thought his kicks were on point i thought that was really good that was a really good addition to his game um he he, does, he looks like his his striking is getting i don't think it'll ever be great i think he'll be one of those guys that like his I think his striking is just competent enough so that it'll keep you at bay, like you you have to respect it somewhat, and it's just good enough to set up the takedowns and you know to do what he needs to do. But um, I can say for RDA though, the one thing he did, which gave me ironically, we talked about JDS earlier, uh, gave me kind of flashbacks of that, where like he he never really circled out, he just he kept getting his back put against the cage, and it was just driving me crazy, like. Ah, uh, oh uh, god, this this fight, Jesus Christ, that that that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't I don't even know what else to. So like, I have a question for I guess Joey, because mm-hmm. you, you you tend to be on top of these things more than I am. Does Colby Covington have a fan base? You know what's weird? No. Like, well, okay, correction. No, in a sense that everybody I interact with doesn't like him, and it didn't seem like he was very popular in, like, at the weigh-ins, he didn't seem very popular. At the open workout, he didn't seem very popular. At uh, fight night, there was kind of a little bit of hit or miss with Colby Covington. Like, there was some Colby chants. There was some Colby sucks chants. There were the USA chants. I heard there were the fuck Colby chants. There was, there was that, and there was, like, an RDA chant at one point. Um, so I don't know if he has a fan base, 
but I have seen people who I want to tread so lightly here. No, just, just no. I want to. No, I'm, I'm trying to tread really. Like, no, if I, you're a Colby Covington fan, you're either an even bigger fan of circus acts than me. Jesus, here we go. Or, 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 or you're just like a like a bully. I was actually going to go in a different direction. Uh, so it's better than what I was going to say. I think there is a significant portion of, at least on social media, from the very little I've seen, there is a significant portion of the fan base that might live vicariously through him. Yeah. And <laughs> that was very nicely coded. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't want to. Well, because there's a guy. There's a guy we all know him on Tumblr. Who is the Colby Cummington fan? Who um really cool, really nice guy. I've spoken to him. We talked about a million different things, and like uh, I can't remember his name, so it shows how how good I am with names. But I would never want to put him in that kind of a category, because he seems like a great guy who who has like a you know who's just an MMA fan who happens to like Kobe Covington. Cool. But there are certain people who, if you follow like, because everything's a rabbit hole. So if you see somebody tweet something about Kobe Covington in a positive sense, and you kind of follow where that's going, like if you click on their account. You'll eventually run into something that makes you kind of go, mm. and <laughs> you know everybody's entitled to believe what they want to believe. It's like it's like Chael Sonnen, where there were certain people who they liked the gimmick because they want to be the gimmick. So that's kind of how there is a significant section of the Covington fan base I think that is like that. That's weird because I almost. I see people compare him to like Chill and Connor with the trash talk, but I almost feel like there's a difference somehow. Like, I didn't really like the Chill banner, but like I got it. Like, I, I and he, I don't know. Colby seems like he tries to do that, but he's not good at it. Like at all. See? Like it, it comes across very, like when when Chell does it, <laughs> like, of course what he's saying is like crazy. But, like, I believe it. Like, he makes it sound believable. Not that I agree with what he's saying, but I, I can see how he might even think he what he's saying well, is true. With Colby, I feel like he's just following an act. And I, I don't know. It doesn't seem... I'm not saying it's not genuine. Like, maybe he is... Maybe this is just him, like, magnified by, by like, 100. But it just... It seems so forced. Like, he's, like... He wants to be that guy so bad. And he's just willing to say whatever or do whatever to, you know, to just put himself out there. Like, he wants to be the shock value so much. You see, I'm, like, in the complete opposite side of the spectrum where, like, you know who had a great um, dissection of, like, uh, of Covington's just, like, mental frame? It was Jordan Breen uh, beat down with the bell after this Chicard who was just talking about, like, how Covington's a bully. And it's, it, it, it's like this, like Covington had um, a full ride scholarship to Iowa, like not Iowa Community College where like he was bunkmates with John Jones, but like Iowa, the D1 wrestling powerhouse school that's won multiple national championships. Yeah. Um, and he got kicked out of the program basically for being a douchebag and a dickhead who could not fight with literally everybody. And... You, you want to know? It's, you you know it's really bad when, you know, the one of the top high school wrestlers in the country can't land a gig anywhere else but at a D three school. 
Um, and it, at least in Breen's take, it was something along the lines of, you're somebody who has had something taken away from you because of who and how you are. But you found this completely other thing where you can embrace that and it'll draw you all the eyes you want. Because as, as much as I hate Covington, like he, he like his stupid cringeworthy, cringeworthy tweets about like fucking, I don't know. Um, what, what was the thing he said about like Tyron Woodley would be like the dude who'd ask oh, his friend to finish dude his who, for him? Who shoots the deer and then asks his friend to finish to kill the deer off because he doesn't have the guts to do it or something like that? Yeah, and, and he found the other one where he like, like he found an audience who maybe doesn't resonate with it. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people who resonate with it, sadly, and they're the people who say Covington's uh, what is it, keeping it real? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but like, who just who pay attention to him? We feed into his ego and his drive for attention. There is, I think, what Covington has realized, and he deserves credit for this: is there's obviously the PC movement, and then there's like the counterculture anti-PC movement. So a lot of the stuff he does just comes off as like it's shock value to not be politically correct, so to speak. And so he benefits off that because he's made a character, whether it's an extension of himself. Or just something he's completely made up and, and found a way to utilize that like a like a, a fighter rallying cry to these people out there who feel like they're being held down from and I don't know like I don't do you think there is a section of this audience that doesn't he's a troll yes okay not no not, no no, no. He, he, no I, I get what you're saying but like He's like a popular 4chan troll. Yeah, but like there was a saying during the recent election that some people, you mean to be taken, uh, a reporter said, you mean to be taken figuratively, but there are people who take you literally. Right. And so I think Colby Covington is kind of in that boat of being a guy who, he enjoys kind of just, I think he enjoys kind of being quote unquote chaotic, but there's a section of the audience that kind of gets off on that a little bit. So, which is why I have to, like, I, never mind that the fight's probably not going to be that much good between Woodley and Covington, but I really do not, like, the first press conference, I might, I might skip those pressers. Well, luckily, I'm not a press conference guy anyway, so, and this, conference I mean, calls, yeah. all, like, I might, you know. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm expecting at least a couple end bombs. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just, bra- like, it, it's going to be. So much worse than anything we've experienced so far. The other day, I linked to the Foreman vs. Cooney Legendary Knights HBO trailer, which was basically, for so many words, it was a fight promoted on the backs of let's get the top white person and the top black person fighting. Like, it was basically racial tensions in a boxing cage, in a boxing ring. I really hope this doesn't go that way. I mean... It is. <laughs> I, I'm just hoping it doesn't. I'm really hoping it doesn't. It would suck if in the same year, the same calendar year, where we got Francis Ngannou to say fuck racism, fuck slavery, to then go to what might be some really ugly talk. Mm. Yeah. 
Do we, do we, it isn't it isn't ugly time to be a UFC fan. Do we do we think? Okay. What, what, uh, I was gonna say just to keep it on the him and Woodley convo. Um, what what percentage chance do we give him to beat Woodley? I'm giving him fifty. I'm going thirty-five, forty. Yeah. Here's here's why here's why I believe it could be fifty. I cannot get the Woodley fights where he goes against the fence and just waits for a counterpunch that doesn't show up out of my head. Like, I can't get the Jake Shields fight out of my head. I can't get the Rory Mack fight out of my head. And Covington is not as dynamic as Rory Mack, and he won't be as big as Jake Shields is, but, like, I could see it being a fight where three of the five rounds are just contested, smooshed up against the fence. And if that happens, you put yourself in kind of that toss-up situation. Because I don't think he can take Woodley down, but I don't know if Woodley could take him down. Or if Woodley would even want to. Yeah. So, but I'm just expecting him to walk onto something. To be honest with you. Oh, I could, t- I could absolutely see that. I just, I wouldn't. I, I give him a fair shot. I think he has a very fair shot to win. But to stick with the division, because, because I haven't been on here in a while to rant about this. Uh, and by a while, I mean like a month. Where is the element of danger coming from? It Ponds. <laughs> I mean. Ponds. Pons in the threat that McGregor will show up, I guess. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, <laughs> Till Woodley, Usman Maya, this fight, Woodley Maya, like, those five-round fights, where is the element of danger in any of those fights? Like, even though I enjoyed them because I did enjoy Usman Maya and I did enjoy Woodley, I feel like I'm the only guy who liked Wonderboy Till. Like, there's no element of danger in these fights. And they're going five rounds. So, like, how do you convince an audience to want to sit in and watch these fights? You, you, you lie to them, and you just show them the Robbie Lawler knockout over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I just I've, <laughs> I think that's why I'm gonna watch him and and Kobe. It's like I keep I keep thinking like he's got he's got one more of those bombs in him. Like he's gonna no, I mean he's gonna catch somebody. Woodley is the one guy I think who carries the element of danger. That anything can happen vibe when the fight starts. That you want to have in a big fight. But at the same time, I think welterweight is the division now. I didn't complete this. I was working on this earlier. Welterweight is the division that has gone the longest time without a finish in a title fight. Of all the divisions. So it's, it's getting pretty close to like, we need to reassess how we feel about 170. Some people do. Well, I've, like 170 is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead no, I'm saying I, I've already thrown the division away, so it's not me, but the rest of you, the rest of the people. Go on. Uh, I was just gonna say, um, welterweight has always kind of just been like, I want to say, completely dull, but kind of dull. Well, I mean, with GSP. Not even just GSP, but like his opponents were like Koscheck, Fitch. Oh God, like Jake Shields, like. Uh, and then you had guys lower down like Stun Gun. Uh, like, it's always been a weird division caught between these guys are too good of athletes to like get tired and not be able to hold each other down. Like, once you get like a 185, 205 heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're also not big enough to where like. All of them are like doing like power is really so much better than is at lightweight, but they're also not quick enough. Uh, like it's this weird middle ground. 
it's like it's like the midlife crisis you know before you hit like it's like the midlife crisis division because then middleweight is your mid 40s and you're kind of just slowing down and then you have heavyweights where you know you're you move like senior citizens right so i just wonder because we were coming off probably the greatest era of welterweight fights you know ever maybe and now we're at this point where this division you pointed this out a long time ago that this division was getting old real quick and now those guys who are at the top of the division have aged to the point where they're they're irrelevant (laughs) now if you think about it like that era of really great fights it was it was great in the moment but i felt like the long-term effects where all of the old guys just beat the crap out of each other yeah i mean like (laughs) holy's not here anymore Hendricks is done. Lawler, who knows? Condit, unfortunately, hurts my heart to say that he's gone. Uh, Ellenberger, Campman, like all those guys who were having those crazy welterweight fights, they're not here anymore. Yep. So it's... And Wonder Boy is like the world's most overrated action fighter. Jesus, man. I, I was so sure. <laughs> like I was 110% sure that guy was going to be champ. You couldn't convince me otherwise. He should have been. <laughs> like, what, what, like, I think we talked about this like like after Wonder Boy too. But like, in the division with guys like Usman and Woodley and Masvidal and Covington, and like, how was Darren Till the one guy who was just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a kind of just like kind of do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like, he he should be our saving grace. Like, he, he should be the dude out here spinning back kicking former world champions and knocking them out in the first round. Like like I said during that fight, when you were watching the last when you're watching that fight, all I could think of is this is why they want Darren Tilt to be something so badly. Cause he's the one guy who has like something different, a little bit of energy to him. You know, a little bit of he's he's a different kind of guy. And that's why they're going to push this guy until he until the wheels fall off. Because who else? What else can you bring to the table that's fresh and exciting? Uh, I don't, like, who's a prospect at 170 anymore? Like, it it just feels like the middle of this division is so thick. Dude, like... I was gonna, I was gonna, I was, I started my Singapore write up, and I was writing like Leon Edwards hasn't been in the UFC for like five years and had twelve fights. God. Like this is such a bizarre division. And the and the weird thing is because we've complete now that we've completely taken this over. The weird <laughs> the weird the weird thing is there are so many amazing action fighters in this division who are just going nowhere. Like Vicente Luque. Yeah, they're, they're all stuck in that middle pack and yeah, nobody's Pons, really broke through. Pons, Joban, um, who's the Capoeira guy? Uh, uh, Zaleski, yeah, yeah that guy. There are some great action fighters who are just doing nothing. Max Griffin. I guess you have to include Mike Perry, Yancey Medeiros. Like they're all just stuck in this clump. Which is why it fucking dr- like like I, I know you. I think you reference like the USC probably doesn't think of Mike Perry as a prospect. Right. And, and fair enough, but like when, when the rest of your division. Is just so underwhelming. Maybe you protect some of these other dudes you have labeled action fighters, right? And, and you try to get them up to like get them up to speed. Maybe you don't burn them out by like having them fight 
five, six times a year. I could see that argument, sure. Like, and, and I get, and like, I, I'm not a Mike Perry fan in the same way I'm not a Colby Covington fan, or at least in a similar manner. But like, that was sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm, was very, I'm, very sneaky. I'm, I'm just saying, but very sneaky. But if you're go, if hang on to some of these dudes and, and let them, you know, build a little bit of a streak. Like get them some space in between their fights where they're not murdering each other. Or give give them guys who are like, you know, like there's never going to be a shortage of 170 is the last weight class of the lower weight classes where you can find a guy. Right. Who's not really good. Like you'll just find a guy who can fill a spot. Give him a guy. You know, Max Griffin was not a guy. He's, he was a really good prospect on the regional scene who hits really hard. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a very... This division is sad. Every time I think of 170 in prospects, I think of Eric Silva, and then I just... <laughs> gotta go put myself in a corner somewhere. <laughs> like, this... this so, like, it's the complete opposite of, like, heavyweight. Or light heavyweight, where, like... There's so much talent in this division, but the the ones who rise to the top are just kind of dull. Right, like it's it's the complete and it, and it's like at heavyweight and light heavyweight, it's kind of hard to navigate. Like, well, correction, at light heavyweight and heavyweight, it's easy to navigate a dude like Tai Tuivasa to a third spot on the main card. It's not exactly. difficult, but at welterweight, it's a little bit more difficult. So you have to be a little crafty and you have to treat it a little differently. And I think that's one complaint that you can make is that they really don't treat those guys who might be a little special differently. They don't. We were talking about it before they did the shows. Pons against Usman and Wonderboy against Till were clear examples of potentially fucking up two pretty good things. You know, because right. you put two great action fighters against two guys who were, who were like neutralizers. And thankfully, Pons pulled out because I think him and him and Usman would have been a rough go. Uh, but you almost did it with Till. Very close to fucking that up. Well, this division needs help. It needs it needs its own matchmakers. Like, like it, that would actually be a good idea. You, yeah, you can't have Shelby splitting time with like you know trying to book one seventy and then trying to book like you know light heavyweight. True, and you know you need like. There needs to be a meeting where everybody gets into a room and they all say, who are the guys in these divisions who can become something? And then you treat those guys differently, the same way you treated Conor McGregor differently. You didn't give Conor McGregor Darren Elkins and Jeremy Stevens and Clay Guida when Clay Guida was asking for a fight, or Charles Oliveira. You gave him Dennis Seaver. And you gave him Cole Miller. Not that those... Go ahead. Yeah, like the, not, the, like, not that those guys are bad, but... They're in his wheelhouse. Yeah, you treat you treat your specialty acts different. I don't want to say they're bad, but Dennis Seaver. <laughs> <laughs> but like even his hard test was like somebody who played into his style. Like Dustin Poirier. And Holloway on short notice. Right. In a fight like, where they both got hurt. Oh man. I'm just like 
it's not like 155 where if you flip a coin, you have a new 155 pound prospect to be excited about every week. Right. It, I'm not crazy. It is Shelby's booking this division, right? I believe so. Do you, you think that's part of the problem? What, like, the division of two matchmakers? No, 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 Shelby. Like, Shelby is used to booking in divisions where it, they're, they're also shark tanks, but the metagame of those divisions are so much more dynamic and fun and diverse. Could be. Where, like, you know, like, it, it's a little harder to come up with... Um, a, a bad fight like Bantamweight. Or or a bad stylistic clash, I should say. It doesn't like I don't know. It's it's weird. It's 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 really weird. It's weird that 170 has eroded so quickly. It's not and <laughs> oh, but does it become like, the like is is 170 like the lower weight class dad division? Is that what we're about to get? It's what it feels like. <laughs> what, is this the beginning stages? It's like, is it like the, it's like the, Jesus Christ. It's I mean, the dad who makes the sketchy Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> with the, uh, you know, with those, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Me. <laughs> it's the dad who has the, he has the burner, the burner Instagram. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. I mean, it was bound to happen eventually, right? I guess, like, middleweight became the new heavyweight. So. It, just, it happened so fast. I think we all got caught up in the moment, and then we didn't realize what was... Like, Robbie Lawler was here, and then he was gone. Yeah. yeah. It we does feel like that. It feels like your favorite show where your favorite character is just dead one week, and then you got to watch the rest of the episodes, and you're just like, nothing, there's nothing there to connect to you anymore. Exactly. Life happens fast. Iron Woodley vows <laughs> to take Colby Covington's life. We're, I mean, off the, we're off the race. If he does that. Come on. Nah. <laughs> don't, don't say anything because then I'm going to be, I'm going to have to. Noggs isn't here. He can't, he can't smooth will, things over. Will knocking out Kobe Covington make Tyron Woodley into a fan favorite? Oh, that most definitely. Dude, I don't <laughs> I think that might be what they call in pro wrestling a heel program. Where it's like two two anti two anti uh two anti cools fighting, <laughs> <laughs> two two heels working it out. Uh, uh, I don't know, but this this uh, can we agree to make Warley Alves the uh? He's the, the real UFC final boss. Ultimate, there we go. UFC weight champ. I'm all for it. You know what? Though, all honesty, Colby Covington did a. I'm getting worked up now. Colby Covington did. Did everything he had to he had to do to win that fight. Yeah, so he, he, he he did what he was supposed to do. It's just not what I wanted him to do. <laughs> Tell me, why can't you make weight? Ah, oh. you know what? Let's just go to the next fight. I I could rant about yeah, it, whatever. Colby won. He's an interim champ. Whatever. This next fight might make me as worked up as the previous one. Um. I can sense that Anna Cole and I are about to have a fist fight. <laughs> well, let me let me get my opinion out the way first. Holly Holm, Megan Anderson. I was I really hyped. This fight happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fist fight. Maybe we'll just all agree. I was actually really hyped for this fight. I've been looking forward to see Megan Anderson make her debut. Um, I, I was pulling for her to win. I, I just wanted I mean, featherweight is like four people. Um, well, I don't know. Does Ronda me count anymore? I don't know what she's doing nowadays. 
But she said she went back to one three five. Okay. She's also a cop. Is she really? Yeah, she's a full time cop in like the Netherlands. Oh, for her. But I I wanted Megan to win. Just I I just wanted some new blood, just a new face, a new something <laughs> to get excited about. Um. Yeah, she gave Holly home that one flurry, and Holly said, no, we're not doing this, and um, proceeded to kind of just have her way with Megan. Um, yeah, Holly <laughs> Holly just shut Megan down. Um, it was really weird to see, because Megan's like, I think she's like 5'10". I want to Megan's six feet tall. Yeah, she's got to be six foot. She, she, she is all of 145. Like, she's really long... She she she's all of one forty five. Like and, she is a legitimate one forty five batter. And and then Holly just had her way with her. Like took her down, passing guard, just kinda doing whatever she wanted. Got on the mount. Huh? Got some mount. Yeah, got mount. Yeah, like she Holly Holly shut Megan down. I I thought it was a really impressive performance. Like it was one of those matches where I was like I'm hurt because the person I'm rooting for is losing, and by like the third round, I was like, "All right, it's kind of hell Mary time." But I, I couldn't even hate on Holly because it was it was a really good performance. Like she, like I said, she got in trouble that for that brief moment in the first, and after that moment, it was like, "All right, I'm just gonna take you down and beat you up and do whatever I want." And you know, for, for Megan, obviously. I mean, clearly, this is a step up in competition. You're fighting legit, like, one of the best fighters on earth. So, obviously, a learning experience. Definitely a learning curve uh, for her. But Holly, Holly, Holly did really great. Like, I, I, this is one of her, her better performances um, that I've seen. So, I was actually really impressed with Holly. I liked the, the takedown part of her game that she showed. Um Still hoping to see Megan back. Um, I, I will say this for Megan, though. I, I, in the little bit <laughs> we got to see in the stand-up, to me, she seemed a lot more controlled. Because I feel like in her Invicta fight, she was really, like, she's kind of wild. She's kind of like a loose cannon. And I, I feel like in this fight, she at least seemed a bit more composed when they, in the brief moments, it was on the feet. But, you know, it didn't stay on the feet too long. But, um, yeah, man, Holly, Holly, Holly... Holly was awesome in this fight. She 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 did what she needed to do to, do to get the W. She neutralized Megan as, as well as anybody else I've ever seen. So, shout outs to Holly. That was an awesome performance. And now you guys can have your Western shootout. <laughs> you want to go first? There you can go. I'm, throw the whole division away. <laughs> Just throw it away. Throw it away. Just get, get rid of it. You got Cyborg for two more fights. You're, one more. You're, what? Well, does she have one more or two more? I think it's one more. Either way, you have you have Cyborg for a short time. Can you have Cyborg for a very short time? You have Amanda Nunes maybe pinch hitting at 145 for one fight, probably not for much longer. Holly Holm doesn't know which weight class she wants to compete in, and your top prospect just got dominated on TV, on pay-per-view. You're doing a tough for that weight class, and every single competitor thus far is basically a 125-er or a 135-er. You don't seem to have a good idea of how to fix 135, but I'm supposed to entrust in you 
as an organization to bring up 145, why? Just throw the division away. Just do cyborg fights, and when she's gone, go back to 135. Fix 135 first. Because otherwise, there's just no point. Uh, Holly Holm looked great, so good for her. I have no, no, there's no disrespect for Holly Holm, but it's like, it's like when Frankie Edgar beat Yaya Rodriguez, where it's great that he won, great for him, but it, but did, it, did, it did significant damage to the division long term. So that's, that's all I got. All right, so if you don't mind, can you repeat the last three minutes? God, <laughs> I heard you leave too. Yeah. Throw the division away. It's simple. I, all I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up quickly. The division has no depth. The champion will be gone. Amanda Nunes is going to pinch hit in the division for a bit and then go back down. You're doing a tough that has 125ers and 135ers in it. Just abandon the division. And your top prospect just got Yair Rodriguez. Right. Um, just abandon it. Burn it. Burn it down. Okay. I'm really. I mean, I, I get, this all comes down to what they're going to do with Cyborg. I guess. Do they want her back? Is she really leaving? Is she staying? Like, isn't she I, trying I, to go box or something? She wants to go box, but like, she wants to go box on the UFC's time, I think, because that's just free marketing. Um, she wants to fight Brockus, right? Yes. Brockus. Brockus. Cecilia Brockus. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't do Norwegian. Um. Like, like, like you said, it all comes. I guess it all comes down to what they want to do with Cyborg. Do they want to keep her around? Is she more trouble than she's worth? She's was like what the third top grocer last year in the one pay per view she did. Which one? Uh, the the home one. Like, um, I, I think they want. I I think they'll want either the Nunes fight or the home fight for her in her last like fight. Um, the I, I don't even know which one makes more sense. Like, but like, it, 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 if you want, if Cyborg leaves, and fine, sure, throw one forty-five away. You know, leave the tough footage in the vault. Forget about it. Just bring them in at their natural weight classes. Well, now there's so, there are a couple of girls on that show who are legit one forty-fivers, like Gisette Cotton, um, Gisette Cotton, and Cindy Dandois. Yeah, that's it. No, and what's her name? Pam Sorensen? Yeah, Pam Sorensen. And the lingerie, the lingerie football player. Caitlin Young, isn't she? Didn't she try out for 145 as well? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, she, she did, she did. Um, yeah, like, if the Cyborg is not sticking around, then fuck it. Blow up the division. I don't care. If she is, um, I don't know, invest. Like, actually invest. Like, it shouldn't have taken... How long has Cyborg been in the UFC? 2015. It, it shouldn't have taken like almost four years for them to have got, gone off their asses and made the division if they want really wanted it. Like, it really shouldn't have. I mean, in the only defense, well, in a few defenses, uh, they did want Megan Anderson to fight way before that, but she's had like a million legal issues or whatever. They wanted to, like, showcase her on that Australian card, and she didn't show. Like, they can't get her into Australia or whatever the case may be with that. Whatever the rumor is there is I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody's uh, standing in whatever country. 
But they couldn't get her to do that because they were talking about wanting to do Whitaker versus Bisping and then her on the card with Mark Hunt, and it just never materialized. Um, I forgot who there was another fighter they wanted to try to get in. They could Pam Sorensen, they wanted to, Cyborg's camp wanted to do a Pam Sorensen fight, and they're like, nobody's going to buy that. So they, they've tried, but they've just, if you can't fix 135, I don't trust you to develop 145. And that's a, that, that's my whole I guess issue. Like, one thirty five and one forty five are not are we're never going to be easy. Like, no. and we were saying this especially about one forty five long before Ronda decided, like lost and just decided to fuck off to wrestling. Right. Like, th- this was always going to be a challenge. It was always going to require the UFC to put a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra effort, just like it did with uh, with the heavyweight division. J- just like it's going to be like moving forward with light heavyweight, where like they're going to have to do a whole damn show in Russia just to like I'm assuming lure some of these dudes in so they can have an actual division there. But like. This, this, I'm not saying like if they had started back in 2015, you know, this division would have like 50 women in it. Right. I know you. Yeah. But like, a little bit of time and investment, like, like doing like the extra stuff that they did for like the Bellets, um, the heavyweight turn. What was the the season where they got Matt Mitrione and like Brendan Schaub? Tough 10. Doing something like that. Like, I, I get it. it. It was never going to be easy. Right. But, like, the, the UFC doesn't want anything that's not easy. I, I think that's my point. I think that's a reasonable critique. I would counter that with 135, they did try. I mean, they've tried. I think they have tried. I think the problem is that everything they try fails. Like, they tried to do it. Like, they've been trying to do a 135, another 135 tough for women for a while now. Because you always hear the rumors that that's what they want to do. And they can never get them to turn out. And, you know, they did a tough for women. And they all basically, they were all busts. You know, Juliana Pena and Rocky Pennington came out. But Pena's pregnant. And so you can't, she can't fight it. And Misha Tate retired. And then Sarah McMahon, who really should have been, like, she should have been the second coming of Ronda. Never panned out for a million different reasons. And American women, so to speak, at least off the top of my head, I can't think of a lot of American women on the come up right now who you could point to as a potential savior for 135, 145. Save, a savior, no. Depth, but I mean depth, even even name depth. I don't know. Like I think that that's where Brazil's really gonna. I think that's where Brazil is really gonna have its renaissance. Right. Because the 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 Tuesday night contender series for Brazil is full of women's MMA. So, 115 is where it's at. I mean, 115 and 125 are good divisions. Thank but 135 was 135 was the first division. It shouldn't be this bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the same way, <laughs> in in you know, with, with middleweight with the men's, you know, got got old, got injured, got you know, just a bunch, a bunch of weird stuff happened. The women will not be immune. <laughs> Thirty-five started off pretty good, and this is gonna just right. kind of float around for a while. I mean, it'll still be there. You'll still have some talent, but it won't, you know, 
there might not be a lot to write home about like outside of like the top like four to five people and then after that it just kind of dumps off <laughs> to like a wasteland i mean amanda nunez's last pay-per-view did a, under a hundred thousand buys it's gonna so, really bring down her average i yeah she might be in the eight hundred thousands now <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> but I'm saying, no, I'm like seriously, like she she headlined two, two one major events. Yeah. but uh. I'm saying like the the one she had with Shevchenko did really really poorly, like under Mighty Mouse numbers, and this one did did apparently under a hundred thousand buys, which is disgusting. Yeah, uh, a test what? pattern, a UFC test pattern can do over a hundred thousand buys. We've seen them do it basically. So there's there's something wrong with 135. But like, you know, like every every time I think about it, like, I just go back to like Dana White saying, like he could spend a hundred million dollars and nobody would know who Amanda Nunes is. And well, that may be maybe that's true. No, okay, that is maybe true. no. That is true. That is that is true. I I, I you know I, I don't maybe, believe maybe it, it is. I will. <laughs> I'm planting my flag. This is the I just don't think he tried. I think after Ronda left, he just threw his he just they threw his did, hands up. But, I, but like I said, they did try. They tried to get her on these shows, and she's like, all she did was bitch about Ronda Rousey, which pissed off the Ronda Rousey fans, who then never came back. Like, and I think we talked about this. I, I don't think any of those women would have stayed around for doing this. Maybe not. Probably Maybe not. not. But they did stay for home and Tate. So there was some. There's something there, there's about Nunes that just didn't. There is a big difference between Home Tate and Ronda and uh, Amanda Nunes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What do you? What do you? What is, <laughs> what is the implication there? Um, let's see. Uh, one is what the preacher's daughter. One is uh, one is an Olympic gold medal, a U.S. Olympic gold medal. So that's important. Um, yeah. But what does Misha Tate? She's just like a hick from. Uh, Hick from Washington. Uh, Misha, uh, Misha Tate, Ronda's rival, who somehow, so. you know, she she had the Frank Mir effect, where like she she was just opposite this megastar. Um. Okay, but what about Kat Singano? Kat had some some good runs. Uh, uh, I I really don't want to. Um, I don't want to say Sully. Like what what happened to her? But like. Oh, okay. I know her, what you're trying to say. Yeah, her her story. I know that. I know that you know you don't mean any. You wouldn't mean any malfeasance with that. Yeah, yeah. It's but, a Yoel but, Romero setup. Yeah, but like, but I mean, go ahead. But like, I I see the reason why, I, I'm it, like Rhonda's audience was soccer moms, and right. t- tween teenage girls. Like and. Uh, I, by virtue of that, uh, Misha Tate's audience was that, and Holly Holm got you know famous off the knockout and everything. But like background wise, I, I like I hate to say aesthetically, but like aesthetically, there's a big difference between those three and Amanda Nunes. Amanda, Amanda Nunes is an immigrant. She's a lesbian. She grew up. A tomboy in Brazil, like. But cyborgs a draw. Uh, cyborg. Uh, the, there's. Like I don't know. Like 
if cyborgs that draw so much, she just has like has like her own cult, like her <laughs> own cyborg cult. cult? Like, <laughs> it, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I just like she she like I don't know. Maybe just having her name associated with Ronda Rousey as like this great foil just built this like. I can see that. I just think there's something in Nunez's personality that will never make her a draw. And no matter, uh, no matter what you do. Well, well, I, well, you know what? I think that's fair. But you can't tell me like there weren't avenues for the UFC to market her towards. I don't like. I believe with Mighty Mouse, like compare her to Mighty Mouse. I believe that they they messed. Well, they didn't mess, but they missed opportunities to make Mighty Mouse bigger. That's my belief. Yeah. But with Nunez, I just don't think there's anything there like that will. Not everybody's going to be a superstar, but there's something about Nunez that the audience just doesn't want. You know, there's just something that's not there for them. Right. Uh, like, I, I, like I see Nunez's story, and I'm just they, like, yeah. I, I, I see story. Like I guess like I see Engano's story a lot, a little bit, in terms of just like how topical and like in the moment it is. No, I agree with that. But I like there were articles written about, hey, this is the first ever, you know, lesbian main event, so to speak. Well, not so to speak. It was. And it apparently didn't generate any sort of... It didn't get people excited to want to see it. I want to hope that it wasn't a detractor. That that, that, that didn't force people to not want to see it. I'm going to assume it did for your... I'm going to say... I'm not going to say average MMA fan, but like that casual average MMA fan. Oh man, we're about to go in a really, really, really dirty direction here. Like, no, I would no. assume I would assume the casual MMA fan would be more interested in an all lesbian main event. I mean, because you know that there there's some dude out there who like once he hears that his first the first thing he thinks of is north south. It's the same dude who bought Paige Van Zandt's high school ID for hundred fifty bucks. Are you are you right? You're right, Tensei. Yeah, I'm. A... You're right. <laughs> You just know that there's one dude who's like, oh, man, north, south. Like, there's going to be a guy. <laughs> like, the dude, like, those dudes buying the used the tops or the oh, bottoms. You know? Yeah. Well, if you're not a fan of the new days, you got to deal with her for a while. Because if Holly Holm doesn't take the belt, she's probably just going to hold on to it until either she just ages and can't fight anymore or... The UFC says, fuck it. They're right. <laughs> Throws 135 away. I'm, guys, I'm telling you, just throw it away. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 let's keep moving. We, we, we still got a lot to... <laughs> you know, the worst part is that we spent 30 minutes, and I just thought of a point I wanted to bring up for RDA Covington now in uh-huh. the middle of this tirade. That, that, that happens a lot. <laughs> oh, no, because I was going to ask. I specifically put on my phone Perillo or uh, Cordero. Oh, uh... You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Perillo. I think he, he. He. I'm not sure Cordero would have been able to help uh, RDA in that position, situation. Like, what RDA needed to do was like he. He was never gonna be the aggressor here. Like he was gonna get taken down if he was. Okay. All right. Just because I think I have a higher opinion of Cordero than anybody else. Uh, he's a fantastic coach. Yeah. And oh, see, Sensei, you were tired, and we we have we have carried you like, <laughs> like, like true friends. I was gonna go Cordero too, by the way. But there you go. Um, We've been at this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the next fight, smooth and easy and quick. 
Oh man. We are we are the DMV of MMA podcast. <laughs> Next fight. Andre Arlovsky and Ty Tuivasa. Um I know I said I remember most of this card. This is one of those fights that like I remember enjoying it, but I can't point out too many specifics other than like the entire fight. I just for every Arlovsky fight because he's one of my favorite heavyweights ever. I just don't want to see him get knocked out. And when he doesn't get knocked out, I count it as a victory. So. <laughs> no moral victories. In so I was happy he didn't get knocked out. Like, I remember, like, he actually looked pretty good. Like, he still he still has some left in the tank. Like, he still looks pretty in shape. He still moves pretty good. You know, hands are still, you know, pretty solid. Um, I don't remember who was where the blood came from, but I think it was uh, Tuivasa was pretty bloodied up by the end of this fight. Um, I just remember it was a pretty close matchup. Um, I don't remember who exactly I scored it for, but I wasn't... Um, I don't think I was too mad at the decision. And also for for heavyweights, you know, I say this every time, any new young face, you know, if they show any kind of promise, I'm all for it. So... If, if the judges decided he won, then oh well, he just won. <laughs> you know. Arlovsky <laughs> is always the homie. He's always going to be a favorite. But, you you, you know. This, the is when the podca- this is when the podcast has gone longer. We're just like, yeah, he won, whatever. He, 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 I mean, he, yeah. Tuivasa is what, like 25, I think? Something like that. Yeah, if he, so if he won, he won. He's 25. We need new faces. People who aren't 50 plus. So... <laughs> you know, Tui Vasa did what he needed to do. They they just had a pretty just back and forth boxing fest, from what I remember. I don't remember this fight in much detail. Like my memory of this fight is like, anytime Andre Orofsky would throw first, he would just land. Like Tui Vasa really doesn't have um, a very good defense yet. Like. And in all fairness, like this is like what his seventh fight, his seventh pro fight, and as an MMA, I know he did some boxing. Um, it was I did the big article on him, and now I can't even remember. Yeah, but like, it, it, like this was this was fine. It was great, actually. Um, yeah, it, maybe not in terms of long term because now he's set up for like a fight with Fabrizio Verdum or something. <laughs> uh, but, just because of how small this division really is, but um, in terms of just like toughing out bad spots, just one of the things like that, that like heavyweights struggle with, especially like later in fights, is just they they just can't pull the trigger, uh, uh, especially when it's been like a hard fight where you've been busted open and you've got you know thrown to the ground a little bit. Um, so like the the fact that he was able to you know muscle out a decision. Even against the faded Arlovsky, is a really good sign because um, Arlovsky might not be what he once he once was, but like he's in terms of just like technical skill, he's still like one of the top fifteen twenty dudes in this division. Like, in, it just and that's why a lot of these dudes stick around so damn long because like you'll get a guy like um, I don't know who Todd Duffy, who lacks all the technical gifts. But he's just so athletic, he blasts through the bottom of the division. And then he fights someone like Frank Mir, who's faded. He, like, he's just... Yeah, he fights someone like Frank Mir, who's faded, and then just gets knocked out in the first, like, 
because he, he can't you know throw a punch properly. So, like the fact that uh, Tavares is ahead of his record in terms of just like where he should be at his career. Concur. This division's growing. It's getting better. Which is Slowly. really bizarre to see. Slowly but surely, it's seriously getting better. Yeah, they are just everybody else is getting super old. Yeah, it doesn't I'll, matter. It doesn't matter. Let's not be negative. I was going to say, we, we had three heavyweight fights on this card, and they were all pretty entertaining. Like, I mean, they were heavyweight fights, but they were good. Like, they were solid fights. One of them was a very brutal finish, which we'll get to in about a fight <laughs> two. But um, I mean, the, the fight in between that fight and this fight is... Uh, I didn't see that fight. fight, so I have nothing to, nothing to add. But, um... This division's getting, we're getting a little better. Let's let's be patient. And the Contender Series has a lot of heavyweight fights on it, so we're going to get some new talent. And if we're be- to- yeah, if we're being real, though, like, is probably not going to be, I don't want to say in his prime, but, like, in his prime for, like, another seven to eight years. Yeah, like, he's, what, like you say, he's, like, 25. He's a baby. Yeah, I mean, I pointed out, like, he's doing things that the only compare, I'm not comparing them, correction. I will not compare them. But his only career resume equals are like Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos in terms of being young heavyweights who win their first two fights in, you know, the first round. So there was a lot of, you can see why they're a little bit excited about him. I don't think he's that kind of talent compared to those guys, but he got a tough veteran step up in competition and he passed it for the most part. You know, um, I don't know what he'll be. But I'm happy he's in the division because the division needs guys like him, even if he turns out to just be a Stefan Struve, even if he's just a big action fighter. Like, they needed that to build this division back up. So I'm glad that we're getting something different a little bit. I'm glad that we're getting these guys who are starting to come along. And uh, if they could be matched, they could do some fair matchmaking with these guys, it could be bigger deals down the road. Exactly. There we go. Well, shout out to Ty Tuivasa. Breathing. A little, little bit of life in, in, into this division. Um, <laughs> this next fight. <laughs> oh, I got my Bellator fix. <laughs> was this, was, I, I didn't see it. Was this worse than Hardy Julatop? Yes. You think? I didn't think. I don't think it was. Not, not in terms of, like, entertainment. Like, in terms of, like, actual product. That's like, what I'm, yeah. Their, their grappling was way bad. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Because yeah, I, would, I would bet without seeing this fight that it was more entertaining than Alvi Volante or... And, but we like train wrecks, so... Yeah. In case you guys are wondering, the fight in question. <laughs> Mike Jackson versus CM Punk. Um, before I even get into the fight, I, I gotta... I don't understand... I saw so many people so angry at how this fight turned out. And I'm like, you, y'all didn't know what y'all were walking into? Like, my years of watching Bellator prepared me for this moment. I knew what I was going to get as soon as they touched gloves. I knew how, how sloppy and just strange this fight was going to look. And That's I don't... I'm going to stop you right there because that is an in, insult to <laughs> all the Bellator fighters. Because if these two ever fall in the Bellator cage, they'd probably be the worst two fighters to have ever fought in the Bellator cage. Oh, I don't know. 
<laughs> we've we've been we've, seen, we've, we've done some I'm including Dada we've, we've done some, oh come on what about those prelims dude where they get those jiggly weights who probably just showed up I'm including them too because uh, relative, I relative I, I, to the division I see I see I, I think I'm just like speaking like in terms of just like the freak fight like factor like yeah. I don't know like I the way people complained about this fight is almost as if they expected this to be some kind of. I don't. I don't like. I don't know what they were looking for. Do you right? want my opinion on that? Potentially. Go ahead. I, I think <laughs> this is a little lewd, but I think they got blue balls because they were either like either Punk was gonna do something ridiculous and win, or he was gonna get finished real quickly. And they kind of got neither. <laughs> so I think they got upset at that. I mean, they got to see Punk get his ass beat for 15 minutes. But I mean, he landed one good punch. He got, he got a good... I don't remember what... I don't think it was right. He landed like one solid good punch in. And everything after that kind of went downhill. I, um, I didn't see this fight, but Alex was texting me because I was driving back. And he told me Punk won the first round. So that's all I apparently know. Hmm. Hmm. Now... Uh, I, I didn't go back and rewatch this fight, so I can't confirm. <laughs> I didn't see it either. I didn't but I'm gonna say he didn't. I'm gonna say he didn't win. He but didn't. I, I, I don't right. remember. I'm, I'm, I, you, know, I'm a, you know what I'm gonna say? Punk looked like an okay amateur welterweight. Like if you go down to like what was it like cage aggression in Philadelphia or whatever, and, and you and you and you're just getting there, and they're literally they literally just stop putting together like the ring and like the two guys walking out like that uh, at the very beginning of the card he was like for three minutes he looked like one of those guys could punk win in the alaska fighting championship no no okay, <laughs> okay. so he would not get the barber the barber shop uh on no him. no he, no no weed money but technically but hey he's straight edge he wouldn't need that anyways i mean like then no pepsi money like uh, Nothing. It's, it's Mountain Dew. Well, that's not what he got tattooed on his arm. Oh my God! That's what he would have gotten. <laughs> yeah, like, listen, I take my AFC and SFL seriously. Do you think they would have made him cover up the logo? <laughs> <laughs> they gave him one of those Allen Iverson armbands. <laughs> Antico, you might you might get this reference. Remember the rapper Cage? Yes. I, I can't be the only one who thought when I saw CM Punk's hair, I was like, he, he looks just like he. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of you guys will not get that reference. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you don't, just, just Google Cage. To Google, I go. I know it's so obscure, I could not help but think, like, he looks just like Cage, and it's really weirding me out. <laughs> there's a bit of it here i see i think it's just the hair it's like because i didn't know his hair looked like that like i assumed i, I don't know it, it was weird it was weird so i'm gonna but, i'm gonna Anna Cole, do you have a single technical thing to add to this like is there a technical anything you could say about this um mike jackson did some boxing it was okay mike jackson at one point was so bored with the fight that he just kept looking up at the clock well from inside CM Punk's guard while CM well, Punk was trying to throw a hammer fist. According to him, he was looking towards his cornerman. 
He looked up. He's he's lying. (laughs) I I, I, was God with his corner man. (laughs) Yoel Romero was in the sky. (laughs) But the one technical thing I'll add is, while being dead tired in like, what was it the the last the second half of the second round or the beginning of the third round, off his back, CM Punk went for this triangle attempt. And it was the quickest I've ever seen him move. <laughs> I do remember. And I was told almost, that there was. And he didn't. I'm not gonna say he almost got it, but he almost. It, it almost looked like a real triangle. Right. <laughs> it was like, oh, he could do something, and then two seconds later, it was like, oh no, that's not working. I mean, at, at least the homie got one win last week. Because he's. Yeah. He got he won his lawsuit against the WWE doctor. There you go. All I'm gonna say is that I hope CM Punk doesn't convince other athletes of other professions of other places to not try MMA. Give it a shot. And and Ken, why why? I'll get off this after this because I don't want to. I could rant on this for a while. Like my, I feel like all of my thoughts on this fight don't have to do with the actual fight. It's just everything that like surrounded it. Like apparently, like Dana was really mad at Mike Jackson, and like we all knew what this was. Like, he why was mad. We... I, I think he was mad because he clearly wanted him to finish the fight. But it's like we, we. <laughs> I get it. I get I, it. I guess after seeing Kimbo rest in peace and Dada and like hoist Gracie nut kick Shamrock and Bellator. <laughs> Like, but I think that I think that here's just again I didn't see it so I can't comment. I think the goal was he wanted like I guess he felt like he was humiliating CM Punk instead of just finishing him. Like I guess he found that to be a little disrespectful. I don't. Yeah, I I get it, but it's like we we knew what this was, man. Let's not all get up in arms like we didn't know what this was. This yeah. was a cash grab. It was a freak show fight. There's a reason it was on the main card over fights like Overeem and Blaze and right. a host of other people who could have taken that slot. Like we knew what this was. Let's, I'm just, I'm not... just saying, if you're gonna be angry, be angry that CM Punk trained for like three years <laughs> and he's still <laughs> not any good. Yeah, but that, I think that good. speaks to the fact that this is not an easy thing to pick up. If you're no, not a great true. athlete, if you're like, modern, and, yeah. athletic. <laughs> And for real, like the 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 UFC could not have picked a le- a, a less athletic person than CM Punk. Like, and I mean, and I love watching CM Punk wrestle. Like, don't get me wrong, he is a great wrestler, but like, compared to like all the other dudes who you see doing like crazy flips and stuff in the, like the WWE ring, it was a marriage of convenience. Exactly. Which. Hey, they everybody got what they wanted out of it. He got to live a dream. They got to pick up two big pay per views. Mike Jackson got thirty thousand dollars. That's amazing. Mickey Gall should have done a run in. Yeah, I was gonna say like I I I wasn't mad at either of these two dudes. Like I get it. Like some people hated this on the main card. I think I I just understood what this was. And people were like, oh, like Mike Jackson's never gonna be in the UFC again. Blah blah blah. Like I don't think he really cared. I think he you know he, yeah, he went for an opportunity. He got it. That's it. We're we're done with this now. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like there's room for everybody. It takes all kinds. You got your CM Punks, you got your Pulpic Monsters, you got your, uh, you know. All, you, all I'm, I'm saying sorry. is Dave Batista was the last great wrestler of the MMA convert. Was he, though? Yes. Any fight like, was he? Who was that guy? Vince Lucero. <laughs> 40 fights. Oh, Vince Lucero, and as we said in our first ever Sports Sound Off podcast, uh, Fat Scott Coker. 
<laughs> so, as as we as we discussed during one of our our first oh, ever, Lord. first and last ever. So, uh, so I'm I'm positive this idea to you live on air. And by on air, I mean recorded for the audience at home. Um, when when eventually Jack Swagger makes his uh, Bellator his uh, MMA debut. Because I'm not even convinced at this point it's going to be Bellator. <laughs> we, sh- we should have to go back and document all the careers of the W, not even WWE, but the pro wrestlers and MMA converts. You know who I found out was actually one of them recently? I didn't know about this. Apparently one of the authors of Pain has an MMA career. And he fought in Bellator. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Pain? Authors of Pain. Oh, Okay. You know what I'm talking about or no? Mm, vaguely. They're okay. like an, they were like an NXT group, and one of their guys, Razor, apparently has an MMA background. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah, that that apparently is a thing. So you know, before just just to do a little bit more inside baseball, um, before this began, we were recording MMA like uh, MMA. We were discussing MMA movie video game crossovers. So I want to pitch now CM Punk and Khabib Nurmagomedov in like a Space Jam kind of deal <laughs> where Punk gets Khabib's special powers and then he has to go and fight pro and then eventually he loses them and he has to have a real fight and we discover that the true fighting spirit is actually your heart <laughs> and he wins his title. <laughs> That's my, my suggestion. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just... I. Look, like I said, and like people get really mad when you're like, "Hey, look, good for CM Punk. He got to live his dream." Like people got pissed when I said that. So I don't like, dude. MMA is not like it's not the NFL where only you know 53 rosters times 32, or the NBA where it's 30 times 12 plus you add, or 30 times 15 plus you add your you add like your D league guys. Like MMA is for everybody. Everybody who can walk and fight. Exactly. Right? So That's the beauty of the sport. Right. So, you know, let him in. Let's see what happens. This is not... Half you guys complaining. You, you guys knew what was going on here. You... He beat Ollie Thompson. That's amazing. <laughs> really? Yeah, he beat Ollie Thompson. His name is... Uh, Jizim oh. Salmani. See, that just means he should be in the UFC. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't like know. I don't, think you, I don't think you make a weight class. He's a big dude. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah, heavyweight's not real. Right. There are no rules. No, apparently they are. If you're Sean Jordan, you can't. You can't. Oh, Lord. Well, <laughs> speaking of heavyweight, um, the feature prelim, which probably would have been on this main card had CM Punk and Mike Jackson not been here. But, um, uh, wait, it, just, it just occurred to me. Why, did, why was Arlovsky Tuivasa on the main card, but Blades over him not? Because Tuivasa knocks people out and drinks. He does shoeies? Yeah, because Tuivasa is MMA. Like, he's just a weird dude who drinks shoes, drinks beer out of shoes, and... Questions that need answers. <laughs> I don't think that was a problem. I, I actually don't have a problem with that. Uh, no, just, maybe maybe they to... thought Tuivasa was just going to flatline Orlowski, and maybe they thought Blades and Overeem was going to be like a boring hug fest because nobody would want to pull the trigger. 
Which it kind of was in the first round, but then it picked yeah. up significantly. Yeah. Um, Curtis Blades, Alistair Overeem. Um, yeah, th- the first round was definitely like a feeling out kind of process. Yeah, I, think, I don't think either guy was trying to die. <laughs> um, but yeah, second round, things definitely got a bit more heated. Um, I mean, Overeem had some moments. He landed, I think he landed like a knee. He, he rocked. He at least staggered um, uh, Blades for like a second, but yeah, af- after that, uh, man, I, I don't remember much in between th- that brief moment Reem had and then the finish, but that finish was... Um, you don't remember Overeem's wacky leg lock attempt that was like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Was that worse than the triangle yeah. attempt anti-cool? Because I didn't see that. Um, at least the, t- the triangle attempt came from desperation. Yeah. Reem was just, I don't, I don't, I mean, he was just trying, and I don't, I ain't going to hold it against him. He had, he had to do what he, he had to do. But, yeah, but, once uh, Blades got him down, he, he kind of started to control the fight a bit more. Um, but I, I'll just skip to the finish. That's just the part I remember. Um. Every elbow, and that was how he won the fight for anybody who didn't watch. It was some, some hellacious ground-and-pound elbows. But every elbow was, like, exponentially more violent than the one that came before. Like, the first elbow, it's like, oh, that hurts. The second elbow, like, a little bit of blood pops up. And then the third elbow, and then there's more blood. And then, like, the fourth elbow, like, his face just explodes. And then, like, the fifth elbow, there's, like, blood behind his head somehow. Like, <laughs> it looked like a Mortal Kombat fatality. It, like, it, it looked was... like in real time, Blades realized that if he just kept elbowing over him, there was nothing he could do to stop him. Yeah, it, it, was, it was one of the most vicious finishes I've ever seen. Like, it was, it was really violent. And it, it happened so fast. I don't think, I don't think Reem was ready. Um. Yeah, he, he got elbowed into oblivion. It it was one of the most beautiful, violent things I've ever seen. Um, but I I, I, I really like Reem, but he, he's been catching some tough breaks. But I, I'm, I'm happy for Blades. You know, like we said, this division is getting better. The, the prospects who I think we want to win and we're pulling for seem to be, you know, at least most of them are measuring up. They're getting the job done. And good on Blades, man. Re- really good on Blades to get this. That was a really emphatic finish. Um, I-, I don't think you could draw it up better. Like I said, the-, the first round might not have been too exciting, but he ended it on a great note. Um, yeah, just elbows, just violent, violent elbows. Yeah. Um, I, like So, Overeem, like... It's really weird that he came, like, he, his reputation just coming into the UFC was just uber, uber freaking strong, you know, kickboxer, right? Like, he, he, he shows up and he manhandles Brock Lesnar, who up to that point was basically taking down everybody he fought, right? Mm-hmm. So, his last two fights, like, I, I, he's kind of just looks like a child in there. Like, Wade's got him down with a quickness, with ease. Like, and he he looks scared. 
like even on the feet, like, like uh, I'm, I'm not trying to like say like he, you know, he was afraid or anything, like, but like for a guy he's who's very cautious, he's very for, yeah, for a guy who's been like a, a been, it's been fewer and farther between where he's actually pulling the trigger, like it, it just did not materialize here at all. There and is then the guy, uh, and then like against Engano, he, he got held against the cage for like thirty seconds. But like it, it just seems like there it, is an elephant in the room, isn't there? I mean, since they, since, I, I, I imagine horse meat's harder to get in like Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I totally agree with you, but I think that, that that's the elephant in the room, I suppose. Certain, uh, certain supplements are no longer, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they made a difference. They, they definitely make a difference. Yeah. So I saw somebody post this. I'll pose this question to you guys. I can't remember where I saw this. Was it Manta? Manta23? That's why. Uh, I don't remember. Is, is it about Reem being a gatekeeper? Oh no. Okay, yeah, I, I was gonna ask. Yeah. Is, is Reem is, is he is he gatekeeper status? Yeah, he has been. Yeah, I'd say so. He has been. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go that far, but I, I I couldn't argue against it. Like, ugh, he might he might be. Wait, for me, he has been since um, I don't know, like the Stipe loss. Because he, he finally got his title shot, and his reaction was basically to throw the fight away. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And if you're, uh, if you're no longer a contender, you're a gatekeeper. The thing about the division is that he could be a gatekeeper today and title contender tomorrow. Like it, it, Because remember, everybody wrote him off when he lost to Travis Brown, and he kind of rebuilt himself. So Right, right. I would. Well, see, I, I was thinking uh, that too, but I was like, "Do I trust him to become a contender again?" Mm. And I had to. I had to take a little. That was a, a, a moment of clarity. I was like, I, "I don't." Like, I'm not saying he's never gonna win again, but is he gonna string together enough wins to where he'll be back in that conversation? I was like, "I just, I don't know. I don't know if he, if he climbs that ladder back again." You know what the main difference between um. Like now and after the the brown fight, be, besides Overeem being like older, um, it, the division is getting younger. Like like Joey said, like um, there are all these young dudes coming up who they're just physically, athletically gifted, and by some like they have some in, some value to them that just makes anything Overeem has to offer like obsolete. Yeah, and even if they're not younger, they're just more versatile. Like like Alexander Volkov, or, or Alexander Volkov's a proven heavyweight, and he's younger to the UFC audience, but like he just he has more to offer than Overeem has or ever had. So this division has gotten better, and he's gotten worse. And, and the way Overeem rebuilt himself after losing was basically like I'm going to cut back. On everything I do and focus just on the fact that I'm an amazing athlete with a wealth of experience who can time counters really well. And that's how I beat JDS. Uh, to an extent, that's how I beat Mark Hunt. Like, right. you're, you're not going to throw, you're not going to beat Curtis Blades if you're not throwing at him. Like, yeah. you're not going to beat Francis Ngannou if you're not throwing at him. 
you're not going to beat Alexander Volkov if you're not throwing at him. Like, these are guys in the prime of the career physically, and Ring just isn't anymore. He's still good enough to beat 95% of the heavyweights out there. Like, if they were to run back him and Mark Hunt, I'm sure he could beat Mark Hunt. But, like, some and even people... even in that fight, he, he there was like that round where he has he has these rounds where he gets caught against the fence and he just covers up. And maybe you can do that against the Mark Hunt, who's just gonna wail away at you. And if you're solid defensively, you're not gonna have any concerns. But if a guy can take you down, like Curtis Blade did, then you know you're gonna be in trouble. Or if a guy like has Ngannou length arms where he can hit you from space. Like, there are too many moments where he either locks up mentally or just locks up in the worst possible position. Yeah, yeah he, he has these lapses. He's, he's guaranteed one lapse in every fight. It, it, yeah. I, I, think, I, I can't think of a dude more self-sabotaging than, like, Reem. Um, May, maybe, like, Wonder Boy. <laughs> this is the Wonder Boy burial session. <laughs> Sam Alvey? I mean, Sam, no, Sam Alvey makes the most of what he has. Let's be real. Sam Alvey uh, isn't an Overeem-level athlete. Oh, no, I'm not talking about Sam Alvey. What are you trying to say? Sam Alvey can't be... I'm not going to talk about Sam Alvey. Volante? Volante is similar, actually. Yeah. He played in the NFL talent. I don't know. This is a good fight. Good fight for Blades. I'm glad that Curtis Blades has continued to make good on his his upside. My only concern is that there are still one too many moments where he gets caught reaching or doesn't get back defensively in time. Uh, I think he got caught reaching when Overeem hurt him. Yeah, he he definitely did. So, like, I'd like to see him work on that. Wrestling, though, I mean, he's... And and look, wrestling doesn't have to be boring. He's a guy who makes it really, really fun. He's the best wrestler in this division. Yeah, I think he's better than Stipe. And Cain Velasquez is no longer here, so there yeah. you go. Yeah. So, so bleeds. And he comes out to the Mortal Kombat theme song. So like, why would I not root for him? Exactly. You know? So, yeah. Shout out to Curtis Bleeds. Putting the UFC was... gym in the map. Right. So hold on, so hold on, wait a minute though. Somebody messaged me and said he trains with Stipe. Is that accurate, or did I mishear that? I, I'm pretty sure they've worked together. Okay, because he was not... like that. The, the top heavyweight prospect trains with Stipe Miocic, but I never heard that. Like uh, Chicago, Cleveland. I'm sure he's been out there to, you know, get some wrestling practice in with Stipe when he's Stipe's in camp. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think they're like boys though. But if they are, it's not like you know. He would still fight him. Yeah, he's still fighting. But we're not exactly. close enough to where, like, yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not oh, we we might be. I mean, I, I think Blades is. Uh, no, I meant, like, like emotionally. Yeah, like, he wouldn't, oh, he wouldn't no, no, turn no. down that fight. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not okay. That okay, close got what you I, th- I thought you meant, like, they wouldn't, like, we're not close to him fighting him. It's possible. I think that. Blades... No, no, yeah, he's he's almost there. If yeah. not if not Volkov and Blades. Yeah. Um. This next fight. Oh, I mean. Whatever. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I wanted to do something. I've been holding this in for about 10 minutes. By the way, Mike Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he beat CM Punk. Just wanted to go back to that real quick. In case you guys didn't know. Yeah, I don't think he yeah, probably never said it. I mean, 
<laughs> did you really need? Did you? Did you really need? <laughs> right. Confirmation. I'm just trying. I just we do it every time I'm on here. We get three fights in, and then it's like, oh, it's normally Anti Cool who goes. Oh, by the way, so and so won. So we had to go back and cover that. Just want to make sure thorough is what matters. I don't even think we said home beat Anderson. We just implicated it. They have to piece the clues together. Yeah, that's a good point. We're part of the fun. We're keeping the audience on their toes. <laughs> Look, if you can listen to this, you should be able to wiki this shit. So it's not our job. And if you're right. listening, you you probably watched. I would hope he did. This next fight, very interesting, <laughs> especially considering comments that were made this morning. Yeah, what is A couple that hours about? before we even started recording. So Claudia Gadelia and Carla Esparza uh, fought to a close split decision. Um, and it was watching this in real time. I don't know if it was because Esparza did better than I thought she would, but I, I gave the fight to her. Um, she was that the first round where she rocked Gadelia? Rocked and so, dropped. Yeah, she she gave she gave Gadelia some work <laughs> in the first. She she. It's weird because I, her striking looks, it's not, like, great, but, like, it's, she throws, like, these little flurries and she gets them to work. <laughs> like, but, you know, wrestling's really good, so I, I guess, like, maybe she can get away with it. Um, but, like, this was a really competitive fight. Did not think Esparza was going to be like this in it. To be honest, I thought Cadelia was going to kind of kind of give her the blues and get her out of here, but that did not happen. Um Sparza kept it really close. Um, they they went back and forth. Cadelia ended up getting the split decision. And right at in real time after the fight was over, I was like, man, Sparza did really really great. I gotta stop like discrediting her. And you know, you know, she she she's earned a lot more respect than I think I'm giving her. And then then she makes comments um, a couple hours before we started recording. Uh, claiming that Gadelia was greased, and it just kind of made me want to take back all of the good things that I had to say because it's like, why didn't you say that during the fight if it really happened? And also, I'm not gonna act like you didn't give a pretty big headbutt. In that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was one of the most noticeable headbutts I've ever seen. And you didn't try to hide it. I don't see how a big deal wasn't really made of it. Because everybody in the room I was with saw it clear as day. Um, yeah, that was a big headbutt. It was very noticeable. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make fun of her, but your head is kind of on the larger side. We, we saw that. As a man with a large head. <laughs> yeah, we we saw that it was you know you can't hide that it's pretty pretty big dome piece so you know <laughs> but uh yeah I, I didn't like the grease i mean i don't know maybe if she was grease it's like you should have you should have said this during the fight like this why are you complaining about this now that you lost like it uh, it, it kind of makes you look it, it makes you look some kind of way and well, that's just as far as like Remember after losing Joanna and Jacek, she blamed it on like tough fatigue. Yeah. No, that's not. It's not. It's like your performance was so good. Like it was such a good fight, and like I wanted to give her all the praise in the world, and that just kind of made me just. I'm gonna say now I'm glad you lost, but now I'm just 
I'm not, I don't really want to take up for you anymore. So like, eh, you lost, so what? But yeah, right. as as far as a low key has been like, I think she's one of the most skilled women in the UFC. Like, in terms of just like what she's able to do with her speed, her size. I think she's one of the best transitional talents in like that side of the sport where she mixes up the boxing and like the wrestling so well. But like, like personality wise. Like, if you ask her, she's never lost a fight. <laughs> and in all honesty, though, she has a, a solid argument where she, the only woman she's lost to in the UFC should be Yoani and Jacek. Like, that Marcos fight was, like, razor thin. This yeah. fight was, a like, easily could have gone to Esparza. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes the uh, coin uh, lands on the other side. I think I did go back and rescore it. I think I gave two and three to Gadelia, but it was a closer margin. Like, like yeah. I don't think Gadelia thought she was gonna catch that much smoke. Yeah. Well, that I don't actually, think any of us did. God. Oh no, you can go. No, I was saying that actually kind of has me concerned because as far as it's not a power puncher, and I'm wondering if Claudia might be. You know, she she had two really tough, violent fights with Joanna. She had to fight Jessica Andrade. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if maybe that punch resistance is not what it needs to be. But I mean, add in the weight cut. Yeah, which is insane that she's still trying to do this. Yeah, it, it could be that. Plus, but, but I, I'll give as far as the credit. Like, I, I I think she's getting better still. Like, oh no no no! I'm not I, trying to take anything away from Carla. I'm just saying that that's that's not. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Gedalia's yeah. game is built on durability for the most part. Durability over short periods of time because. She's not a cardio machine. So if she's less durable, then that, that that's it. Yeah. And Esparza shouldn't be the one putting you on, you know, <laughs> almost putting you on ice. Stanky like So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't that shouldn't be. She shouldn't be the one doing that. But, I mean, I mean, Gedalia had a, a good performance, too. I just think I was more in awe of, like, like Esparza just did really, really good here. Yeah, she's gotten much better. I still, yeah, I still got... think it was an easy win for, or not an easy win, but an easy to score for Gedalia. So yeah, but um, yeah, the the greasing allegations, man, don't cut that out. It's just, don't do, don't do that. Well, I mean, you have greasing allegations, and I think you had like steroid allegations between the two, and you have. Uh... I, I still can't get over the fact that she tried to match make Gedalia, uh, Gedalia versus Andrade when they both called her out. <laughs> Who is farther than Andrade? And uh, what's up? And you got a, uh, you know, I don't know where Gedalia goes from here, because I don't know what one fifteen has to offer at this point. Yeah, just go to twenty five. I mean, like, she has the fact that she's never fought Rose in her back pocket. I don't think that's a good fight for her. Um. Like, she has a win over Carly Kovalkiewicz, but I don't think the brass really cares about that because Kovalkiewicz has a win over Rose. Um, By the time Gedalia gets up to Rose, it may not be Rose. It right. may be Andrade. And she don't want that again. You don't want that for five rounds. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, just you... go up to 25, man. And I would especially not want that after I kind of pissed off Andrade by implying that she was on steroids. Right. 
Like that beating might get a lot more savage. Which is funny because Goodell has been accused of taking steroids since like Invicta signed her, everybody got a look at her. So you're saying we should just throw one fifteen away? No steroids? No. I'm I'm saying I'm not I'm saying steroids solve problems because they 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 produce engaging fights. I don't wanna I don't wanna have this conversation. I don't wanna have this conversation right now. I'm just saying, if we put some of those 135ers on steroids, maybe bantamweight kicks up a bit. Which one? Women's bantamweight? <laughs> maybe. Maybe women's bantamweight kicks up. Well, then, well, hell, that might solve the 145 problem. <laughs> it's not It's not steroids. It's, it's pregnancies. People need to stop bumping, <laughs> bumping things. They need to stop Gosh, tripping Don. and falling, as my mother would say. Right. Gosh darn fornicators. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I mean, props to Gadelia though. She she did what she had to do to get the win. She she survived the first round and and gutted out the last two. So uh, good on her. This next fight, I honestly, it's weird. I, I was intrigued for this fight, and now that I watch it, I don't remember it all that much. Good. Um, Bactic and Ricardo Lamas. I just remember Bactic's mustache and there being a lot of grappling. Other than that, I can't tell. Yeah, who you. thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember much else of this fight. I mean, the mustache yeah. and the haircut. That mustache. God, somebody he reminded me of. I can't think of it. It looked fake. <laughs> he looked like a a dad who has like an accounting job or something. He, um. he, looked, he looked like Boris Bektik. Like he, he was trying to get on the trying to get on the Moscow card. Uh, like with that mustache, like outside of fighting, he definitely wears like polo shirts and. I don't know, and just, the mustache is weird, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say about this fight, I don't remember it, like, there was just a lot of grappling, some position changes, but I can't remember much of substance at all, so I don't know if y'all have anything to add. Beckett really wants to get knocked out again. <laughs> <laughs> like, you lose a fight to, to Darren Elkins by knockout. Because you keep shooting for takedowns, and then you're, uh, and then you get into this fight, and you're lighting a guy up, in Ricardo Lamas, and Lamas, like best opportunist at 145 probably, like it does not take much for him to finish you, and you keep diving headfirst into his guillotine attempts, <laughs> and and you're acting like, like everything's all well and good, like. I, I I get it, but I don't get it. Like, I get it. He feels safer on the ground. But that's not actually true. Anti-Cool warned me that this fight was something to behold because I didn't see it live. And when I sat down, I thought maybe he was just... Because he's a big Bectic fan. I'm a big Bectic fan. So I thought maybe he was just being a little harsh. No. Um, Mursad Bectic has not gotten better like objectively speaking and maybe it was a big step up in competition Lamas is not an easy guy to fight but it's just like he he has so many tools I wish he trusted himself as much as I did exactly that's what it is right like like you hear people say it about Wonderboy like you we want Wonderboy to be a thing more than he wants to be a thing and watching Bektik fight I'm like you're this division has two guys who are running through everybody if you're not one of those guys who've lost to them it's an opportunity to take a big step up. 
and he just he didn't take advantage of that opportunity. So such is life. Such is life. Such is life. <laughs> they compete. It's like you compete in the same division as Zabit. You have to be. You have to try to be as impressive as him, and wasn't wasn't so. But I guess you know. At the end of the day, a win is a win. So he he got the W. He, you know, but he's a top ten fighter now. Whatever that means. It means you get to turn down to beat Mega Middle. I um, get to turn down to, and then get cut and then come back. Exactly. I'd like to see him fight Bermudez, but Bermudez is on like a seven fight losing streak now. A seven fight split decision losing streak. He should have beat Feely. Well, yeah, such, no. is, such is life. Such is life. You should fight Andre Feely. There we go. Such is life. Yeah. That's how the, the cookie crumbles. Uh, next fight. Another heavyweight fight that was entertaining. Uh, Chris De La Roca and Rashad Coulter. Um, this was the true heavyweight fight. Yeah, this this was a uh, this was heavyweight in its purest form. It was a smart way to say that. And you know. <laughs> it was heavyweight, but it was in its purest form. Um, Just two there were round a lot of guys beating each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, <laughs> props to Coulter. Like in that first round, man, he was throwing some bombs. And Della Roca has a, a chin, man. He was eating some really hard shots. His no, face was bloodied up, but dude was—he he kept. He was in there. He was firing back. Coulter eventually, I, th- I think he kind of punched himself out. Della De Roca started landing his own good strikes. They—they they just had like a nice, just heavyweight rock'em sock'em round guy fight. <laughs> And... <laughs> they got two mucks in a cage and had them go at it until the HP was down on one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once Del- once Della Roca got closer down, that was pretty much the end of that. It was uh, also the funniest part of the fight. It was. Chris <laughs> Della Roca holding onto the cage because he's afraid that Colt is going to fuck him off, <laughs> and he's afraid to throw ground and pound, and he's just too tired to do it. Oh man, because like yo, you just need one more flurry and you can get him out of there. But he was so tired that like, <laughs> he tried. I, I got to admit, I got to admit, I had to take a break during this fight because it was like it was like heavyweight sensory overload. Because the first round, is, the first round is amazingly fun. It's absolutely and like I said, there's nothing like two big dudes just hitting one another. Like that's MMA's raw appeal: just big people punching. And then the second round started, and it was like everything heavyweight shouldn't be, but it, <laughs> it was like it was like two two Snorlaxes slamming into him. Yeah, it, it was one of the slowest TKO finishes. I feel like the TKO should have happened like two minutes beforehand, but he was just really tired. But uh, he he found he he dug really deep in his soul and got out. It's that like, last little flurry, I guess, that he needed. Out of that, or the ref was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. like, it wasn't even that bad. I don't think it was bad. I think it was that, like, you just looked at Rashad and it was like, There's, you're not about to get back up. Like, you're clearly not. You're never going to get out of this position. I want to go home and I need this my job. So we're just going to call this off. <laughs> So we all can win. We all can go home. Um, but yeah, this fight was really fun. It was it was heavyweight MMA. It was that's all you can say. It was it was heavyweight MMA, 
in its rawest, purest form that, that you could ever imagine. <laughs> Rashad Carlton never gets cut. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. is that two? Is that two in a row? Did, did he lose three? That's three because he lost to Chase oh, Sherman. Chase Sherman, Tuivasa, and now it sucked were... because like he he always had like good moments, and then they never it never all the way pans out. It never means anything. Yeah, like ah, oh, that sucks. That, which, that sucks. The, I just he's the perfect undercard heavyweight. He really is. I just remember one part in the fight where he's holding on to the cage and flurrying with one hand, and Delaroca is just getting hit. <laughs> And I'm just like, this is the only fight I ever need to see. And then the second round began, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, they should be allowed to in the, for these big boy heavyweight fights. Yeah, they need Some, their own set of rules. Yeah. Three rounds. Matter fact, go, the, the floor is locked. No, they, they need to just keep going until somebody loses. Gets knocked out. <laughs> Dude, one round the unlimited. The heavyweight champ. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> no, yeah, you guys we gotta... need is like we need Royal Rumble rules. If you touch the floor, it's over. You lost. You're eliminated. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Yeah, keep keep Colts around, man. I don't... So what? It's three in a row. Who cares? It's, it's Who's... heavyweight MMA. No one cares about wins and losses. I mean, right. Damian Grabowski got like four chances. Exactly. The other heavyweight that they're giving, uh, Dmitry Smolyakov, I think, is on like he's like zero and three, and they're giving him another shot. So. Yeah, give Coulter another shot. He, oh. He's at least showing something. He, he's trying to. Finish. Oh my God, Coulter against Cyril Asker. There we go. Mm. There's the money fight. That, that mm. headlines that breaks you into France. That headlines any event. Yep. That gets them a bit better for Did us again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Delaroca's post-fight interview where he kind of skeeved out Joe Rogan a little bit? No, he said. Mm. He said that his sister wanted to. Uh, his sister wanted him to give Rogan a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and Rogan was like, don't do that. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize this until I watched it this morning. Did you have, you guys heard Culture's Corner at the end of the first round? The big, big old Mexican head. <laughs> He's a big old Mexican with a big old head. Stop trying to punch him and knock him out. Didn't work. Yeah, it did not work. Because he did went out there and immediately tried to knock him out. Right. <laughs> like, that's not, on, that's not on culture, though. Like, you guys are in the gym with him five, six days a week. He, pro- he only throws one punch. <laughs> oh, man. All I yeah. know is, like, heavyweights. The heavyweight division's been on its, uh, it's been on its best behavior recently. For better and worse. For better or for worse. And you know what? We still got the true heavyweight fight in a month from now. Oh, man. Jared Goulas versus Francis Ngannou. Let's go. Dude, that's the true heavyweight title fight. It I'm is. not kidding. Like, you guys need to have that's me the, on for the, that. I'll just talk about that fight and then leave. That's the people's, that's the people's fight. I don't care right. if DC comes in at 270 pounds. He's not a true heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't gas hard enough. All right, so I, I'm a I'm a, I'm a breeze through this next fight because I just don't want to talk about it because it shouldn't have been a thing. Um, Anthony Smith, Rashad Evans, Rashad Evans got kneed in the face and he got killed. And I'm uh, yeah, that that was that was that was um that was how that fight went. 
Uh, I will not be adding any other commentary to this fight. <laughs> I just, Instead I didn't, of discussing, I, it, guys. Like after this was over, I was like, I, I didn't. Did we need to see that? Like that, that we didn't need to see that. We, that should have been like the first fight on the card, so I could have like missed it by chance, and you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I just don't want to see Rashad fight anymore. It's getting, you know, like the the, the Dan Kelly fight was fun, you know. At, at, <laughs> now it's just like I, I that this isn't fun anymore. This this is it's looking real. It, it just it just looks bad. It just I mean, and Anthony Smith did what he needed to do, but I I don't need to see Rashad get knocked out anymore. I didn't realize. Uh, I I probably should have known, but. He hasn't won since like 2014, 13, I don't know. It's Chale, been a long right? time. Chael in November yeah. of 2013. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Yeah. The weird, yeah, the weird that's... thing is like he was actually on a bit of a tear and then tore his knee. So he hasn't been the same since then. Nope. So um. Rather yeah. than discuss the fight, can I shoot a potential? Thought uh, a, a thought piece for you, for you two fine gentlemen. Sure. You can only in, you can only induct one into the UFC Hall of Fame. Vanderlei Silva, Rashad Evans, Michael Bisping, Misha Tate. Who goes in first, or who who's the one you choose? I can't answer this because I'm biased. It, just on their UFC credentials, if that makes it easier. I'm still biased. <laughs> well, there we go. Because <laughs> I'm picking Bisping. Oh, no, I would have picked Bisping, too. So. Actually, no, I would have picked Rashad. Uh, All right, hold on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me try to be fair about this. Let me think about this for a second. So you, so you said Rashad, Bisping. Vanderlei. Vanderlei. Misha Tate. Misha Tate. I'm trying to think of who would I immediately eliminate. Vanderlei. Yeah, I think Vanderlei gets eliminated. So then it's Misha, Rashad, and Bisping. How long did Rashad have his belt for? One fight. Yeah. Won it in December, lost it in April, May. May. You know what? I could probably say Bisbing and not feel bad about it, actually. Because... ah, Because Misha... I feel like if if Misha maybe would have... I feel like she could have had that belt earlier in her career, but I mean, she did. I don't know. She was a strike force champion. Mm. Ah, yeah, yeah, that is true. For like an hour. Uh, right. <laughs> she beat what's her name, right? Uh, Marlos Conan. Conan, yeah. You know what? I, I could be fair, and I, I I got a certain friend. Shout out to my friend Davon. He's gonna kill me for this if you hear this. I think I could say Bisbing and actually be fair about it. If I consider overall career, his rise to the belt, he defended it once. You can feel how you feel about the defense, whatever. I, I'm trying to think of this in terms of like competition. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Bisbing. I, I would go Rashad, even though Rashad doesn't have the significant international legacy that Bisping has or the cultural impact that Misha Tate has, just because I think Rashad's quality of competition is better. Uh, 
had. That's what I was trying to think. I was trying to remember. I mean, yeah, Rashad did fight like all of the legends. Though. Forrest Griffin, T Tito, I think he fought, right? Yeah. Forrest, yeah. Tito, Chuck, Chuck, yeah. Uh, yeah, Rampage, Chuck. Joe. Yeah, if, if yeah, if somebody said Rashad, I I wouldn't be mad at that choice. You, I, I could definitely. Would you that. seriously just sneak Phil Davis into that category? By the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard that. I thought I heard that. Chael Sonnen's in there. He's beaten. I think Shogun's the only one, right? Like they they never fought. Yeah, it was the fight to make, but Shogun's too highly ranked now. Oh, <laughs> which is weird. Right. If you had told me in 2013 that, well, yeah, that that Shogun would be the one still fighting five years later, well, still competing at the top of the light heavyweight division five years later, I would have called you crazy. Sanical, who would you go with? Because we got uh, we got one for Bisping and one for a shot. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, like Silva was such a high-profile win, and Rockhold was such a moment. But I'd probably go with the shot. There you go. That's fine. I'm used to being outgunned. Oh, come on! Now. <laughs> this thing would be a no. I, no, I, no, no, was... no, a good choice, though. I. I... I can definitely see. Rashad. I mean, if it was and just on sentiment, sentimentality, it would be Bisping over just on that Rockhold win. Yeah. Now I can get Rashad though. Rashad, and and I mean, and when Rashad was at the top of that division, that was around when like two hundred five was like the thing. Like it, back when that division before it became kind of what it is now, you know. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not mad at that pick. I, I I can agree with that. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope Rashad hangs it up, man. Like you, you've had a great career. These last I can't even just say couple fights. A lot of them just have not gone well. Last five. I don't think you have. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have much else to prove, man. Like you you've given us a lot of good moments, a lot of good fights. Like just just hang it up, man. Just just hang it up. <laughs> or if if you're gonna if you're gonna come back for one more, fight another old guy, and. You know, but I feel so bad for him. Like he, like I want to say it was going into that jail fight. Like I, I watched the thing where he's like, "Yeah, I left my family. Uh, I moved out of like um, you know where I was living, like just to give it one more run at the title." And then like he immediately tears his ACL, and then that, like after the jail fight. Uh, yeah, he would have had that DC fight. Yep. <clears throat> but prop to Anthony Smith. He he got the knee KO, so that's that's how that went. I mean, he's at um, right. He he's at light heavyweight now. He he can be ranked within like his next fight. Right. <laughs> and you know what? Anthony Smith is a hell of an action fighter, so I hope he has a great run. It's a, it's a shame Krylov isn't in the UFC anymore because him versus Krylov would have been amazing. Now they're just gonna give him Dominic Reyes. Uh huh. Yeah. Reyes all the way to the top. Oh, they but. could do, uh, you know, if Tyson Pedro loses to OSP, I could see Pedro versus Smith. That'd be fun. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Throw 205 away, too. Dump that. <laughs> yeah. That's Dump like it. five divisions. I'm, right. I'm cleaning up. <laughs> cleaning up. This next fight, Sergio Pettis, Joseph Benavidez. Um, I don't know if I'm in the minority here. And I thought I was bugging in real time, so I had to reconfirm this when I watched it again. I thought Benavidez won this. 
Is it just me? I'm by myself. This is penance for taking the Zahuda win. <laughs> no, it's like, punishment for that haircut. For that, that yeah, 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 yeah. I will agree. When I when I saw the Eminem do going on, I was like, this. I don't know who told you this was a good idea, but um, the judges won't like it. <laughs> yeah, because like, Benavidez is Mister. You can't beat him in a non-title fight, but they're like, who the fuck is this guy walking around? <laughs> And don't get me wrong, like, Pettis did a lot of good things in this fight. Like, he was countering was pretty on point. I mean, he dropped Benavidez in the first. Um, but I, I thought Benavidez just kind of won more based on, like, just output and control. But, I don't know, I guess judges just kind of saw it different. Like, and I've said this, and I was discussing this with everybody who was watching the fights with me. Like, I, I'm pretty sure we said this about him before. Pettis is, like, really talented, but... It's just always during his fights, I just feel like there's no, there's no, like, next gear. There's no, like, urgency. It's just kind of like, I'm going to fight at this one pace, and if it's working, it's just going to work. He he fights like a dude who spent his entire childhood getting beat up by his older brother. (laughs) First off, we don't know what kind of brother Sergio uh, Anthony was, so stop it. I'm in the gym. You're making making him sound like he's the Weidman brother. The crazy Weidman brother. Yeah, I don't know. It was just just, Matthew's brother. It was just weird. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Matt Hughes. Ugh. Oh, but I, I can't I can't take away from Pettis though. He, he like I said, his countering was on point. He did a good job of like really picking his shots. I just thought Benavides pushed the fight more. I, I want to say he landed more. I want to say the stats support me though. I don't have them in front of me. Um, I just felt like he was a lot busier. So I, I wasn't shocked that Pettis won, but I, I thought Benavides was ahead. But you know, it it is what it is. I'm I'm not mad at it. You know. Pettis has still been improving. I think he's gotten a lot better since the first couple of times we've seen him in the octagon. So uh, I'm not going to take this win away from him. And if if anything else, he'll end up being a new face to potentially fight for a belt. Not that I think he has anything to offer <laughs> for Mighty Mouse other than just being a new body on the record. But, you know, he, he can at least make it to the fight. Um, but... Yeah, that's just kind of my feelings on that fight. Joey, you can go ahead. <clears throat> what do you mean, Joey, go ahead? Yeah. Hold on. Wait, what we, we didn't agree upon this. Uh, no. I had Pettis winning. Um, I don't know what to say. Like, You know who Sergio Pettis reminds me of? Kenny Florian. In the sense that there's just like this... There's a consistency there, but there's never, like you said, another gear. And he fights like a dude who's afraid to kind of... He fights like a guy who's been knocked out before. Like, in the gym, he got hurt really badly. And ever since then, he's, he's like, pensive. He's, um... I had it for Pettis. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good fight, though. No, it was. It no, because was. I had heard some people kind of burying it as, you know... But it's like... I thought it was a good, contest, competitive fight. Uh, Benavidez, I think, is, is done. Um... I'm done relative to being a top contender in the division. Even if he, even if he would have got that decision, I would have felt that way because it feels like you had the Cejudo fight where I thought he lost, and then you had injury after injury after injury after injury. So I think just physically he's kind of cooked. Uh, Sergio Pettis, he's the better Pettis brother now. I don't think that's 
uh, hot take. He has more UFC wins than Anthony does. But I'm mean, like in mm. general, like no, no, no. I, I, I get you, but it's just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, you would never would have thought that in 2013. But I, I think that he won that fight. I, I don't think he has anything for Mighty Mouse either. But at the same time, if Juicy Formiga is in the title picture, because apparently Formiga got some serious traction before they went with Cejudo too. They tried Formiga, or they at least discussed Formiga. If that's the case, then Pettis may be two wins away, or one win away. You know. Yeah. The one fight that jumped out to me was I'd love to see him fight a guy like Alejandro Pantoja, because I think Pantoja would would force him to be different or lose. And you know, as a as a fan of both guys, I think it'd be a good fight. Yeah, I think that's a logical next step. I think I saw people throwing out Formiga and like. I, I, if if he has to fight one more time for the for a shot at DJ, I'd prefer to be against somebody else who right at that door. As right, because uh, like, you know, I, yeah, for me, it was on a terrific run, but we've also seen him lose to top flyweight after top flyweight after top flyweight. Um, but like, just back to what I was saying, like about Sergio, though, like he he fights like a dude who. Had to preserve himself a lot in the gym, like, because I, I I see the 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 uh, the the dynamic between like him and his older brother, where like his older brother is like a legit like a plus level athlete, at least in terms of like MMA competition, and him just having the you know learn to like, I don't want to say do the bare minimum, but like. He he almost gave this fight away. Just Are you because, trying? To, I think I, you're trying to say he's like a sparring partneritis is what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But like like the, like um, the the dudes over at the Heavy Hand Podcast came up with this term called young veterans for guys who basically they came up in hard gyms and they came up just fighting like 20 times a year. So you're like Des Greens, you're uh, Jorge Masvidal's, you're Gegard Musasi's, these dudes who seem to like. They, they always seem like they're not operating at like a full clip. But it, it's because they preserve themselves. Um, that's kind of the vibe I get from Sergio. Like, there have been times where he's shaking and he's gotten a little bit more aggressive, but like here, like, he, <clears throat> he should have ran away with this fight. Like, all, all the like all the props in the world to Benavides who battled back from getting rocked like twice in the first round. Um... But, like, he, I don't think he, Benavides should be able to fight his way back in the fight as easily as he did. And he did a great job of stuffing takedowns. Like, I, I think Benavides was, like, 2 for 14 or 2 for 18 or something crazy like that. But he has the same problem Anthony did where he'll just back into the cage. And, like, he, he uses as his third leg to stand up, but he can't get any offense off. So... Like, that's a problem. And he's not making anybody pay for closing distance. So he'll get the break, but like, what's to stop Benavides from just doing it again? Right. Real quick, before we move to the next fight, got some breaking news. Oh. 
Um, Deontay Wilder accepts terms to fight Anthony Joshua in the UK, Ooh. and this is on ESPN. Ooh, so oh, that's it good. Looks like this, yeah. Looks like this will be. Uh, I'm trying to see if they have any dates set or anything. The zone. I don't know if they have a date, but like I guess they've just like the paperwork is done. We have our big first the zone fight. Yeah, put a tune into ESPN Plus for your first. Uh... <laughs> no, neither of those guys are ESPN Plus affiliates, so it's gonna be the zone. It's Eddie Heard. Did you hear the reported asking price for the zone? How much? Twenty nine ninety nine a month. That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> that was the rumored asking. Dude, you can get HBO and Showtime for like that. I think a month. Thou shalt be streamed. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> On to the next fight. <laughs> Good Charles Oliveira. <laughs> I mean, so hold up. So if it's on the zone, like, is that? It might be on a Showtime well, I, because I think. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I would assume that would be on like a Showtime or, you know. I wouldn't put that fight on Showtime. That's probably one of the rare fights you could probably move to the big pay per view if you want to. Well, no, technically, yeah, oh, technically, I'm not sure because uh, Joshua fights don't necessarily do big numbers in the states. Like he hasn't been a big rating guy. I was saying his like last fight did a million. Are you sure? I'll look it up. Uh, I think this will do numbers because of Wilder. I'll look it up. I know that his I Klitschko, think... the Klitschko fight, did very, very well. Like I, I don't think Wilder does good numbers. Like he does. Yeah, well, like, not, I feel like a lot of people really like Wilder. Like, Wilder on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, like Wilder was doing like. Four numbers on Fox last time I checked. Like he, he might do good Showtime numbers, but yeah, he does good on Showtime, but he didn't do well. Those Fox shows were like one point nine, one point seven. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. There you go. That's good. Yeah, it's an awesome. Fight. I mean, they, that's, a, that's, a that, that's something that they, if they were to try on pay per view, they'd have to do it here, and I don't think Joshua wants that. Joshua Parker no. first replay peaked at four hundred eighty-three thousand viewers. Okay. Ooh. Alrighty then. Some real Dana White <laughs> numbers for man. I right. <laughs> Three million uh, viewers. All right. Well, these next two fights combined lasted a total of three minutes and eight seconds, if my math is right. Clay Guida, stop shooting so. in on BJJ guys. <laughs> so Clay Guida versus Charles <laughs> Oliveira. Um, all I remember in this fight, like. Oliveira landed a nice combination, which caused Guida to dive in for a takedown. Um, and as you said, against uh, New Bronx, it's probably not a good idea. Um, got choked out for his troubles. And that was it. Yep. <laughs> New Bronx ties the record for most submissions in the UFC with, like, Hoist. And he's probably going to break that record by a lot. Probably. I just can't believe he shot in on it. Really? <laughs> I, I okay. Correction. I can believe it. I don't want to believe it because that's what happened against Tiago Tavares. He got hurt and then shot in on him, and that's what happened with Brian Ortega. He got hurt and then tried to shoot in on him, and Ortega kneed him in the head. Like, stop, stop doing that. I know, I know, I know. He thinks he can get anybody down, and he probably can, but that's not without consequence. Yeah, that's what Dubronx wants from you. <laughs> How do we like the Bronx at lightweight? Because he's still talking about he wants to try to make feathers. No. 
Agreed. Stop it. <laughs> Agreed. A just Stay and loving lightly. athletic commission should not allow that man to fight at 145 pounds. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Stay at lightweight. If you, if you, if you let him fight at lightweight, then you know. I mean, if you let him fight uh, at featherweight, then you don't you don't care about him. Yeah. This last fight lasted all of 50 seconds. Then Ige, Mike Santiago. Um, actually, I, I, I think I only saw the replay of this fight. This was actually the one fight I did not see in real time at all, and I didn't go back to rewatch it. I think I just saw the replay. But from my understanding, I think Dan just molly whopped him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, like pretty much like as soon as the fight started, there wasn't a lot of time wasted. Like he just went out there and molly whopped him, and um, like I don't think Santiago got a chance to really do anything. Like he just he got beat up, he got got molly whopped. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I never saw Ige's fight on the Contender Series. or That's where he's from, right? Or was it looking for a fight? Yeah. No. Contender Series. Jorge Luis Gomez. Uh, I, I don't think I watched that fight. So, like, when I saw him fight Arce, and, you know, he, he was in there struggling to throw, like, get the takedown. Many punches. I didn't really have, like, an opinion of him. Because I knew Arce was really good, so go ahead, go ahead. Just say, just say what you were gonna, what you called him. You know what you called him. What I call him? A scrapper. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like he was a scrapper. I guess. Not I everybody like, on the Contender Series is a scrapper, sir. Yeah. Well, all right, whatever. Uh, but um, like, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what his game was. Like they said, he was like a BJJ dude, but like, since like. Destroying Santiago in the way he did was really impressive. Um, especially, like, 50 seconds. Uh, who are the two dudes Santiago fight? It's a beat and... Oh, God, Mads Burnell? Mads Burnell, yeah. And those are guys who have, you know, since... Uh, well, Zabit had all this hype coming in, but it was really impressive. Um, Burnell has since looked impressive against Arnold Allen, besides, like, that club yeah, at the end. So I like to see... Ige go in there and just wreck him in 50 seconds was really impressive. So, he's back on my list. If you've, if you've still got Fight Pass, go back and watch. Go and watch Gomez against Ige. It's a really great fight. Like, for, for, the, for the talent level involved, it's a great fight. It's a, it's, a, it's a brawl with a lot of grappling. Good grappling in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to add it to my queue. Does, it even, does Fight Pass even have a queue? I think so. I use it on I use it on my Xbox. So I I don't know any like I, it's like the it's ugly, such a clunky website. It really is. It's a very ugly. <laughs> ugly oh, yeah, website. Yes. yeah, it does have a queue, but I feel like it deletes my videos. Oh man, Dana White. <laughs> he just he just goes in people's profiles. Oh, look at this goof. <laughs> <laughs> he just deletes your stuff. Oh man, but um. I was about to say we'll do a live breakdown. <laughs> you, we need to get you to do live fight commentary or pre-recorded fight commentary. This would be a big step forward. We'll do live. We'll, we'll do live one day. That, that's that's. I think that's the next good step. That that'll be a good step. I'm telling um, you, we can break down Stokes' fights from the backyard. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's not even here. No, but he, he sent them to us. It was like Yeah, he sent them to us. He he beat John Fitch. He did. Could Stokes beat the Gravedigger. 
or whatever Ooh. his name was. Ooh, that's a good question. The Undertaker. If, if, if we just sponsor Stoke so he can go up to Canada and do this. I wonder how much the Stokes weigh. You think he takes CM Punk? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't disrespect Stokes like that. Of course he could. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's the next one. Well, we, that's, we, we, uh, <laughs> that's the next big one. We would need, <laughs> we would need CM Punk cutting promos on Strub. <laughs> <laughs> Stokes knocks somebody off of a main card slot. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oh, strawberry. <laughs> Mangoes are the real food. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was UFC 225. It was a pretty awesome card. Lots of good finishes. Classic main event. Um, yeah, there, there were a lot of a lot of good happenings on this card. So, um. Definitely give that a watch. Yeah, for the first um, for the first pay per view in a long time, it felt like a complete show. Yeah, it, it it was awesome. I was really tired by the time it was over, but it it was worth it. Um, I know we had a few questions. I have one from Twitter. I'll let you guys read the one from Tumblr because my computer kind of froze on me. Right. But um, uh, I have one question from Twitter. Um, this is from Elisa Edge One. Um can't remember if we touched on this earlier but, but her question is do you think Whitaker and Yoel should have a rubber match even though it's 2-0 Whitaker yes but only after Romero goes up to 205 and takes the title <laughs> <laughs> uh yes but I admit that it's probably a bad business idea yeah like I was gonna say no at first, and then I was thinking, I was like, who's left that middle? I mean, to like, like even even if you don't think Romero is gonna make weight, which do you weigh heavier? Do you think Romero will not make weight, or you think Weidman will not make it to the fight? Yeah. So um. I mean, even beyond that, like, who, who, does anybody really want to see Chris Weidman versus Robert Whitaker? I'd be interested for a few rounds, but then I think once we get to four or five, it's not gonna be pretty for Weidman. Yeah. Um. Why not? You know what? At, at this point, what what are rules anymore? What are what are standards and and procedures and protocols? I'm just glad that you said what are rules anymore <laughs> after thou shalt be streamed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, if they do a rubber match, I might complain about it because like, oh, maybe they should. You know, I'm I'm all about fairness and order, but I also like chaos. I, I just I like when things you know, sometimes go out of order. So, if they decide the rubber match is as long as this is good as this one is, hey, I'm I'm not mad at it at all. So, have at it. I don't care. Book it again for the next pay per view. You know, once as soon as Romero is healed up and uh, Whitaker's hand is back in order, book it again. I, I don't care because you know I'd I'd rather see Wildman go up to 205 anyway. So let's just have them just keep fighting just over and over. And this is. Like best out of this ten. Is all, like, well, we'll make it like we'll do a playoff series. Make it a best out of seven. This is all anti Cole's plot to get David Branch into a title position. He's gonna have Romero and Whitaker fight ten times until they beat the shit out of each other, and then in swoops David Branch to forty eight, forty seven the belt. Exactly. Man, he, See, it's all he is plot. the goat. He is the true goat. Everybody should be worried. Oh my! Like I said, like David Branch is one ankle twist away from a title shot. I mean. We saw what he did, Tiago. You guys, he's coming next for whoever you know 
You're not safe. He's going to knock out Robert Whitaker. He's going to do what you all America did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd cash out at right. that point and take up a new sport. Like, <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of good things about the BattleBot stuff. Maybe I'll give that a shot. <laughs> I, I think we talked about BattleBots and how I refuse to have anything to do with it. Because when the AI oh. come and they realize what you did to their ancestors. <laughs> yeah. I forgot who it was. During Covington and, and, and RDA, I think we were talking about different sport, different new fucked up sports to take up. And like Timber Sports came up and BattleBots came up. And like, I, I can't support anything that takes jobs away from people. So I can't support <laughs> BattleBots. Now you want to dress some people up in some tinfoil and give them like sparklers? I'm, I'm down, but. Yeah. Until Night Fights becomes mainstream, I'm stuck with MMA. <laughs> it's a little too real for me. Uh, oh, no, it's just great. That's, that is the next big thing. That is the untapped market that people don't know they need it, but they need it. I can't, like, I can't wait till we get like, our real athletes in it and not our history teachers. Like, oh, like, Yo, Romero. Could you imagine a John Jones Knight? Like, Dude, John, John Jones might get coked up John Jones in armor. I don't know. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe neither one of the Shamrocks have taken that up yet. Because, like, they're out here doing bare buckle, uh, bare knuckle boxing. And not even, like, in a ring. Like, in, like, uh, they're, they're doing it in, like, the hay barrel ring. Oh, man. What was um Monster's question from Tom? Uh, he's got three. He, he had, like, a three-piece. Yeah. So you want first up, what's next for Blades after finishing Reem? Does he get a title shot next, or maybe number one contender fight with the winner of Nganu Lewis? Because God knows, Mister Glass King Velasquez probably won't fight for another twenty years. Sad. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say number one contender fight. Um, I don't really care who against who. I mean, I, I guess literally the only viable options would be. Like I said, either the winner of Lewis and Nganu or Volkov. I mean, the uh, Miocic versus Cormier is literally like a month away. Yeah. I, I'm like, I think he deserves it more than Volkov. Yeah. I, 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 I would agree with that, actually. But I also think that. Like, uh, I don't think Volkov would fight unless he got a title shot. So you'd probably have a contender on ice for... Uh, you know what? I changed my answer. Give him a title shot. Because I get it, like, heavyweight's getting better, but it's still not... It's not like we got contenders out the wazoo yet. Right. So... And, like, like the thing with um, Nganu is, like, no, no matter who, who who is next, like, Nganu's not getting a title shot if Stipe wins again. You don't think so? Like, I, I think it'd be rather short-sighted for them to do it. Like, if if it beats Lewis, like, if Stipe beats um, DC, like, give him a fresh face. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's I don't know. Kind of why I wanted to change my answer. Give give Stipe a fresh face to fight. If he beats Blades, you got Volkov in the wing, and I guess if Ngannou wins, you, you get his rematch, or you match Ngannou up with. Blades again, they can run that back. Or I'm just trying to whatever scenario keeps the most fresh faces available. 
to where we're not seeing repeats over and over, even though I guess that might inevitably happen. But I'm just See, trying but, uh, to delay it. Like <laughs> the way that I'm looking at it, I want to keep Volkov blades and the Ingano Lewis winner all on three separate paths, so I always have an option. Right. Like, uh, I would probably if Ingano beats Lewis in the first round and it's a big pay per view number, I would rematch them. I would rematch Miocic and, and, and Nganu just because that fight will probably never be hotter than if it's a big show. Um, if not, Blades. Like, I think Blades could fight for the title. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. I wouldn't have a problem with him fighting JDS, you know, on a big... They, won't, they would probably wouldn't be a Fox card, but maybe the first ESPN show. Yeah. Kind of spotlight him a little bit. Is, is JDS suspended? Not anymore. Okay. And since I, I believe I read that the Fox cards, are go- uh, the ESPN shows are going to be viewed like Fox cards, like just kind of bigger events for the UFC, um, I think that's a fine main event for one of those <laughs> things. But uh, what was the other? What was the other one? No, it was the second part of the question. He's got three. Uh, I know he's oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, in boxing, how excited are y'all for Bud versus Spence in like two years? I, I'm ready for this now, like next weekend. I'm I'm <laughs> I might not be alive in two years, so don't don't talk to me about stuff that could happen in twenty twenty one. Yeah, we need this now. We um, I, I think we've all been waiting for like the stars to align and all that good stuff, and I I think we've hit that point now. We we can just um, we don't need two years. Let's let's do this. I mean, if if Joshua and Wilder can fight, why can't Spence and, and Crawford fight? Hey, uh... There's no correlation there, but I don't care. I mean, Spence sold a 15,000-seat arena in, like, Texas. Fighting God knows who. What's his name? The, the no, no, no. He's one coming up in a month. And I know saying, you're talking about. Yeah, he, he, like, he's going to sell out the venue. Right. Yeah, so, and if, if he wins that fight, like, I don't see why they don't make him and Crawford. I mean... Uh, I mean, uh, the, the the reason I don't make is because Arrow and Heyman are not friends. Yeah. Although, I, I at the same time, like, I don't know who would be the who's the draw in that fight. That's a good question. Because I don't think Spence has done good, good, good numbers. Right. I don't know. Like. I want to say the the spe- like his last fight did surprisingly well for who he was fighting. Lamont Peterson, the Peterson. Yeah, fight. I know. I know the Brook fight was disappointing. I know that he did a massive thing with Bundu, but that was like following some some sort of a the the Olympics. There was there we go. Yeah, because we had Summer Olympics in 2016. Like they they really ain't doing this dude any uh, favors by just not having him fight three times a year. Yeah, and I think Spence has the ability to be. He's the closest thing, in my honest opinion, to a Floyd Mayweather type draw. Probably. They all pale in comparison to to Broner as the. Uh, uh, never mind. It did, it did like six and a half. Six and a half what? Uh, view uh, viewers on Showtime. Six and a half million. Thousand. Oh. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say. He did like six he and a half million. million. Like, oh, okay. uh, six fifty. Six fifty, my bad. Yeah, I mean that's still a pretty he... Like remember with Showtime, like before PBC was like doing like two million, a million, million yeah, and a half. They had everybody thinking that they were gonna overtake HBO. 
and then they split everything up and then eventually it just swelled back down and now they're struggling to put ratings on the board again. Yep. Unless it's Wilder, he does good numbers on Showtime. Wilder and Broner. And he had one more product question, right? Yes. Uh, what's your uh, what's your fight of the year so far? Why is it Whitaker Romero too? Because so. Yoel Romero was involved. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like I, I tried to think about this, and the only other fight I could think that came close was Gaethje Poirier. Yep, this was it. That those are the only two. Yeah, Gaethje and, Poirier, yeah. and and I guess. weren't any other fights that I thought and, and I mean I would have to research this obviously I mean it's, it's been a lot of fights not even just UFC like I feel like Zabit against um Botniak Botniak but it wasn't really a fight of the it was more like a one guy fight of the year performance yeah I mean Botniak was in there but it was like a completely different uh yeah like we we, we knew who was winning that like it was you know but I'm, I'm looking at other people's yeah, list I, right now um, the other, the only one that jumps out is like Guitar Burgos. That was a really good fight, but I don't. That not even. Really I don't. Fight. I wouldn't put it. Yeah, I wouldn't put that fight and in. It, yeah. it's, it's, you can't say Poirier Gagey because the stakes were relatively low. Like it's not like there was a title fight on the line or anything. Even if you strip all that away from it, though. How like... about Conor McGregor versus Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's losing that one. <laughs> the dolly was the fight of the year. The dolly versus the truck. <laughs> yeah, it's Romero, Romero Whitaker. Um, it just they, they, Romero they Whitaker was everything that MMA is supposed to be. And it was literally like we complain a lot about like some of the matchmaking with title fights. I seem like some people get gifted title shots on and so forth. These were the two best middleweights on the planet. For sure. Yep. And yeah, with, like without question. And you know, weight cuts aside, all that craziness, th- these were the two best middleweights, and they gave us the just madness, just beautiful madness. It's a little upsetting that I could probably think of more worse fight of the year candidates this year than I could fight of the year candidates. Yeah. Well, because it's like closing in on. Oh, no, yeah. I was just cause I'm thinking about it. It's like you could probably make a longer list of really awful fights then you know there have been some good fights but not a ton has really super stood up not not like this one like this year feels so weird because like it, it feels like nothing's happened and it's not true right yeah. it feels like you know what it's weird it's like we always talk about ourselves as being super educated about the sport but it is kind of weird that there can be these great fights and great fighters, and we just don't even acknowledge their, like, their existence. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was trying to think of fights in, like, one or, like... Because MMA is really uh-huh. momentum-based. Like, you can have a great show, but unless that great show carries over to the next show, it doesn't really feel like a great show. Like, everything kind of has to wave together one another. Right. So... Like, it... It, it just... And when when there's such a bad topper, it makes everything feel bad. Like um yeah. that that Brazil car was it Brazil or am I thinking of um Chile? Like, what's the one where Zaleski just fucking spinning Brazil. wheel? Ki- yeah, Brazil. Like, oh, uh, Jacare Gastelum. I mean, I guess that would belong in the conversation of fights of the year. Right, right, right. 
but like just having Nunez and um, Pennington have a blah fight just like killed. What was otherwise a really entertaining card? Like Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool's the same thing. I mean, that Liverpool fight night was relatively, relatively really good, and then you had the main event that kind of left everybody feeling apathetic. The hell, Chile involved a guy getting slammed on his head while trying to do an armbar, like. And we don't remember that. We just remember Usman and Maya having a... Ground and pound to the foot. Exactly. <laughs> We're coming up on like three hours and almost 45 minutes. Um, so I guess we'll go to parting shots and shout outs. I was trying to think of one. And I can't... I want to shout somebody out, but I just... I don't know if I have anybody to... Um, well, no, you know what? I'll throw a shot at IHOP for changing their name to, like, <laughs> International House of Burgers. I don't know what that's about. It's, it's marketing. But, um, they, they, you guys got to get they, out of here. Get, get they stuff. lose money because people only come in the morning. So they want, they're adding burgers to the menu so people come in the afternoon as well. Why don't people come in the afternoon? Do you guys not know that breakfast food tastes, like, so much better later in what the day? A, what, a, what a rebel. You've never had, <laughs> like... French toast at like nine o'clock at night. It's amazing. What are you guys doing? I really need to go to IHOP at night. IHOP. It's, it's good. It's it's <laughs> the crowd is a lot more tame. <laughs> Did you guys just hear my sister scream? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. The crowd is a lot more tame than Denny's at night. I I can say that. Denny's crowd at night. It's a little, but Denny's felt a little sketchy. Full of old dudes, no. Um, this is their this is their club. The Denny's where I live. It's a little some characters who come out <laughs> around midnight. Get some some interesting interesting people. Is it like Applebee's on like a sports night? I don't, I don't go to Applebee's. Applebee's is like the most overrated restaurant. What ever. a what a what a what a what a commentator. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's my shot. Shot at Applebee. Uh, I mean, well, shot at Applebee's just because you guys are in the line of fire too. But shot, shot at IHOP. Don't stop changing your name. Stop. Just randomly picked and on you guys getting... for no damn reason. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just randomly shouted them out for no reason. Uh, I felt like I had a shot. I can't pick one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any. I'm, I'm just throwing shots today. I'm bitter. Oh no, no, no! I do have a shout out. Um, shout outs to the show Into the Badlands. That show is amazing. And their mid-season finale is next week. And if you guys watch the show, you, you better watch that episode because it's going to be awesome. That show is amazing. So that's my shout-out. Um, yeah, not so much a shout-out, but uh, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Um, dude, uh, Parts Unknown, like, best travel show ever. Um, I don't know, like... I check up on your friends, man. That's all I gotta say. Check up on your friends. Um, also, it's starting. It well, it's nice out now. It's warm. Um, so, shouts out to the National Park Service, the BLM, the U, uh, U.S. Forest Service, uh, your locals. Go outside, visit our national parks. Be sure to drink more water. In my opinion, they're the best thing about this country. Like, it's, it's gorgeous. Go outside. 
get some sunlight. So that's all I got. How am I going to write up all these UFC cards if I got to go outside? I mean, you can write them out. You can write them up on your phone. Like I do. Yeah, that is true. All I heard right there is I really want you to get Lyme disease, Joey. So go outside and <laughs> mingle with some ticks. Get some permafrost. <laughs> put it on you your clothes. Like soak your clothes and go outside. Yeah, just smell like something that if somebody lights a cigarette, you could catch fire. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Permafrost don't smell like that. Oh, my God. Uh, Bugs very uh, smells. What do you want me to tell you? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, please, please, thank you, please. All right, so that's it, huh? That's all you got? Uh, that's all I got. Okay, I have nothing, so I'm not shouting out anybody. Um, shots at, shots at, uh, 145, 135, 170, uh, 205. You're all thrown away. Uh, I can't believe the UFC cut Dan Jones like that. Well, no, he's a heavyweight. We we, we moved him up. <laughs> John Jones cuts himself. The guy fights once every three and a half decades. We're, we're good. We can survive. We can survive him. Uh, anyways, on a more serious note, uh, do seriously do check up on you. Make sure the people in your life know that you love them. Uh, before you have to wonder if they knew if you love them. You know what I mean? So make sure you always keep those closest to you aware of how you feel about them because they may not think you feel that way. You know, and we live in a really weird world where we're always angry about something and try to be the best part of somebody's day, no matter who they are. And always try to make sure, as I said elsewhere, Always make sure that every conversation you have with someone leaves the impact because it may be the last conversation you ever have with them. So keep that in your mind and, and try, to, try to always be a positive part. Don't, don't, don't allow negativity to corrupt how you treat and talk to other people, including those whether you love them or hate them. Uh, that's, that's really all I want. That's all I want to leave here saying. Like, I want everybody to try and be nicer to one another because you never know you never know how the simple most innocuous thing can can be something that you regret so always try to be as nice to people as you can and always try to let your friends know how you truly feel about them and uh, and don't don't fight bees cuz you know <laughs> for real man they're endangered species you know, yeah, funny, you know, he was talking about think... he was talking about insects, and my first thought went to the Florida, like the crane toads, that are like killing everything. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. We... I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't add to the extension. I didn't kill the bee. I just gave him a firm paddle. <laughs> I believe they call that swatting. Yeah. Probably gave the poor thing a heart attack. <laughs> now the bee's got anxiety. <laughs> I do too. We're both even. So does that mean that you gotta like? <laughs> so do you gotta like leave the room if the B movie comes on? Does that make you like really uncomfortable? Uh, they just need to stay in the screen. Maybe. I can't. I can't watch that in 3D. Like if it jumps out, you know, somebody's getting a fist. Yeah, I might involuntarily just start swinging at things. Jesus. If you're in the line of fire, it might not be safe. <laughs> oh, one. I guess one last deal. Um. Ali Abdelaziz, uh, stop it. Stop, stop, uh, stop causing problems at shows and stop trying to fight people's wives or whatever. <laughs> whatever he did to Jimmy Rivera's wife. Uh, it's 
crazy, crazy sport that we. We even mentioned the fact that Kamaru Usman got in a fight in this. Apparently, I was he got in there to defend whatever Ali started or whatever the case. Oh boy! And there's this is how you win fans in MMA though. So you gotta fight the crowd at least once. Just don't get sued out there. Hope it didn't bloody anybody's nose or something. I don't want to see you get sued. We kind of need you in this division, so. Do we really? Yeah, I think we, we could use them. Do, we need them. Do we really need another guy, another five round, and. Yeah, I actually like Kamaru Usman. <laughs> I like Usman a lot. I've been on yeah. the Usman bandwagon even when it was rocky. Yeah, we got we got, we got to keep guys like that around. But, um. Yeah, man. You guys do, do, do be nice to each other, man. Don't don't be like me fighting bees out here. I'm not a good example. <laughs> Always treat people like this is the last time you'll ever talk to them. That's that's the easiest easiest thing in life. On that note, I'll try to leave out on a nice happy note, something you guys can can take with you. Um, I don't even think I did my plugs in the beginning, so I'm gonna do them awkwardly at the end. <laughs> you guys can listen to this show. On YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, if you're iTunes, please rate and subscribe. You can listen to us on Google Play. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei, and you can find us on Facebook at the Dodo Talk Facebook page. Um, with that being said, this has been another episode of the Dodo Talk Podcast. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it, and hopefully we catch you guys soon.